What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown on a Monday. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked a lot of NBA today. We talked about the teams that won, the teams that lost. We made our predictions following that. We talked a little Mets and Yankees. And then after that, we talked golf and then bullshit a little bit. Sean is not with us for our PGA recaps this week. He's got a big weekend in upstate New York. So I will be coming to you as best I can to recap every day of the majors. If I can get around to it, maybe I'll have some surprise guests on we don't know but we will be talking to you soon follow us on twitter at sorry sports enjoy the pod and good luck to sean get back safe buddy What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for another Monday rundown. Tom, hope you had a nice Mother's Day. Uh, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. How the hell are you, man? I had a great Mother's Day. We went to our, uh, we took both moms slash her dad and sister to uh, our wedding venue. So Very lovely. Was that the first brunch. time they were there? Um, first time her sister slash maid of honor was there. Everybody else went when we decided to go with the place, and... We were, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Reassured, I guess, with our decision. Loved it. It was awesome, especially seeing actual like a lot of people there. It looked amazing. So I'm very, very excited. See, that's what you like. You, you know, you made a good decision. You know, you made a sound decision. But time goes by a little bit, and to get that affirmation again, you know, I think that's, I think that's very nice. Yeah, I, I was glad we went. Um, great idea. Shout out to Michaela for coming up with the idea to take the, the moms up there. It was, it was really cool. And we got to, we got a little taste of the food too, to make sure it was good. And it was. Now, see, I was just going to ask you, were you, were you sampling anything that you know you're doing for the venue for, for the wedding day? Well, was it a fixed menu for mother's day? What were they doing? It was a fixed menu. Um, the only thing we may do is for the cocktail hour, Michaela got these empanadas that were just amazing. Oh, so everything's farmed. They have their own. It's a uh, winery, uh, vi- whatever, vineyard. Um, but they have farm there as well, and everything's farmed the table. So we'll have to see what's in season at the time. But you, will, I don't think you'll be disappointed by the food. I have no doubt that, uh, listen, we've talked about you and food on this podcast, and I, I would be I would be very disappointed in you and probably judge your character even more so if the food wasn't up to top standards. So. No, I am a. I don't call myself a foodie because I think that's pretty stupid. But I, I'm a food guy. I like good food. Now, now you said this before. You, you corrected yourself from winery to vineyard. I've heard both terms used. I don't drink wine. I'm not a wine guy. Is there a difference between the two that you're aware of? Well, you're asking the wrong guy, myself. But I think I wasn't sure Michaela ever brought it up or something. Anybody tweet at us if you know if there is a difference. I guess. I think they both could be each of each other. I think. A winery makes the wine, vineyard grows the grapes, but you could have mm. both. Listen, I could be wrong. Tweet us at Sorry Sports, but I think that's what it is. I think they do both, but could go either way. I don't know. Tweet at us at Sorry Sports for your uh, for your wine information and uh, and everything like that. We want to that place like is a vineyard, gentleman. though. To be okay, to be sure, I'm not going to give it out. Well, I'll give it out. They, they don't know the date. You know, the fans won't come banging down the door. They don't know the date. It's Red Maple Vineyard, so. All right. It's the name Very of the place. Very nice. They you're going to be up, up. You're going to be up kind of near there. Very soon. I am. 
Yeah, this week, man. Um, looking at some breweries and distilleries in the uh, in the greater New Paltz, uh, that that general area. So how far is New Paltz? How far is New Paltz to Rochester, New York, where they are playing the PGA Championship this week? You know, that's a damn good question. Uh, nothing that a little Google search can't. I thought can't of that do. when I when I remember that Oak Hills in Rochester. I, I was like, don't huh, think Sean's it's very, be up there. I don't think it's that close, but let's see, New Paltz to Rochester, New York, because that's way up there, right? I thought Rochester was like by Oneonta. Could be wrong. Oh no, yeah, four <laughs> four and a half hours. Okay. Um. I'm just oh yeah, curious. so New, New Paltz is tucked into the Hudson Valley. Yeah, Rochester's all the way up there near kind of like Buffalo, Lake Ontario area. Yeah, you're going past. I guess all I was wrong. Rochester. It's not near Oneonta either. Um, let me look at a map here. That would help me. Oh, it's on one of the lakes though. Yeah, it's on uh, Lake Ontario. Oh, it's very close to Canada. Yeah, because Rochester, like that's RIT, like that univer that that university, that's way the fuck up there. I actually, I know we're we're not talking golf till later, but I don't know if you saw Justin Thomas's exchange with the reporter today. He's not in love of having this tournament in May up in uh, Oak Hill. Oh, why is that? Too cold? Well, he said, you know, they probably just snowed here like three weeks ago. Like, oh, trying please. to be a little dick about it, and uh, I, the reporter I'm looking at went the back at him. It's six. It's gonna be in the fifth. Yeah, it was like in the low to mid-50s, but the reporter was like, actually, that was four weeks ago, and it's just fine or something like that, just to give oh, a little bit boo-hoo. of shit. Oh, Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's not one of my picks, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> we got we got some big sports going on in, in the playoffs right now, so we got to talk about that first. Talk some NBA here. Do you like how I delayed the inevitable by asking you a lot of follow-up questions to your Mother's Day weekend? <laughs> ah, well, I thought you just cared about my life, but either I way, care. I appreciate well, it. Well, I care about you so much that I'm genuinely <laughs> interested in, and didn't want to force you to talk about the Knicks right off the bat. Listen, the Knicks are coming eventually. Um, you called it, by the way. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if you told me that we made it this far at the beginning of the year, I'd be a happy man. Jalen Brunson was, again, I said it last podcast, Amazing during the regular season, and he did what everybody wants their best player to do. He stepped it up a notch in the playoffs. Um, he was up there with Bernard King and Carmelo and and all these other guys for however many 30-point games or whatever. He was incredible. Um, aside from that, we got a Julius Randle problem, bro. We really do have a Julius Randle problem. But I've been saying this. We're going to live and die with Julius Randle. And when it gets to this time of the year, you're going to die. I'm sorry. He's not good enough. I was thinking about this because not to the same extent and definitely a, a little lighter because he's come and gone and then came back. But you know who Randall is in a situation where he still believes it's his team. Uh, no matter how alpha Jalen Brunson is, he plays a, a point guard position that is more predicated on passing, even though we've been seeing him fill it up as a scorer. You know, Randall considers himself the alpha. Uh, which he is not, and this is not his team, and this should never be his team. No, an alpha. It kind of reminded me a little bit. Of, I was just going to finish my point of like Spencer Dinwiddie with the Nets a little bit when he came back this year. It was like, oh, I came back. It's my team again. I never should have been traded. I went through the superstars. I'm back. And they were spurred to where I'm like, dude, get the fucking ball to Mikael Bridges. What in God's name are you doing? You are not that dude. Yeah. 
I think I, I, your analogy checks out. I do think that Randall's a much better player than Dinwiddie. Oh, there's no doubt about uh, it. I'm just saying, but I agree. Mentality. I agree with that. And again, it, it's, it's your theory is proven out on both guys because if Julius Randall was that guy or, or whatever, whatever you call them, you call them the alpha or something, whatever you call them, um, they, the, he would have, I'm not saying the Knicks would have won, but he would have, he would have stepped up in this game. Yeah, he would have. Um, and again, I think he's a limited player in the sense where he is a very ISO heavy player. It's also a yo-yo up and down. Yeah. Well, you said that analogy last week and it was very apropos. I'm not sure if you listened to Rosillo again on Simmons today, but he just eviscerated him again. Um, yeah, and I trust his. I trust his basketball IQ. Uh, Rosillo, I'm talking about, and if he's saying I, he's on my do not touch list, uh, one that includes Kyrie Irving and some others, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean Kyrie Irving and I Rosillo. I'm not. I'm not saying he's wrong, but Kyrie Irving, I think he would agree with me, is in a category of his own. Yes, given his on and off court antics, Julius Randle. I know he had a little bout with the fans, but he's he has not had gotten into. That kind of an issue off the court, thankfully. For me, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason, bro. It's going to be an interesting offseason for a lot of teams, but it is for the Knicks, too. We've been stockpiling all these draft picks, waiting for the next unhappy superstar. I just think, you know, maybe you're going to take 80 cents on the dollar, but you might. we might have to move on from him. I think the reason that you have to move on from him transcends even the, the blemishes that he has on his record from his two postseasons with the Knicks. Um, and again, I think it stems mostly from, I think as long as he's on the Knicks, no matter whom the Knicks bring in as ancillary pieces or whatever, he's going to think it's his team and it's not his team. And yep. he needs to go somewhere where he'll be humbled and he'll have to accept a, a diminished role by default, which I believe he can do. He's a very skilled, good player. But if he carries that mentality of, I'm going to win this game for my team, you've seen it too often, man. More times than not, that doesn't happen. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think he's still got a fruitful career ahead of him. I Again, I, I, I agree with you. I just think you need to stick him on a team where he's with players that he – obviously respects I think of a guy like a like a LeBron of course LeBron is the gold standard for for guys that you respect but if you put him on a LeBron James team he's not doing that and he's doing everything right and I bet you he would be an amazing addition um but but a situation like that it's just not on the Knicks where Brunson everybody thinks he's the better player but Randall um and and clearly it's reflected in how he plays and how he carries himself um, I got to put it on him. I got to put it on R.J. Barrett. Um, you know, there's a, there was a postage uh, or whatever, a milk carton out for him in that game too. I'm still holding out hope for R.J. Barrett due to the fact that he's so young. I still think he's a major asset, and we should not be giving up anything for him except for a hundred. Uh, you know, a hundred percent for a hundred percent fair trade. I do not want to lose the asset there. Um, aside from that, I mean. I don't know. We're, I, honestly, Sean, the guy I've got my eye on, if things really go south, I don't think they will. We'll talk about predictions later, but if things really go south in this Boston series, I've got my eye on Marcus Smart. I think he he's the type of player that would make me absolutely pull my hair out, but I do think he would be a perfect player for the Knicks just to offset Brunson. I love that. Uh, I love that thought. I also think that Smart would be a really good kind of coach on the floor with the playoff experience for the Knicks 
Um, he would play very well in complementary to, to Brunson, or you could bring him off the bench if you want to. I like that suggestion a lot. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be after him, and it'll be interesting to see if he wants to continue his career in Boston. But I'm going to give you these three names and in order rank your level of priority for them to stick and continue to develop with your franchise. R.J. Barrett, one, Emmanuel quickly, two, and Obi Toppin, three. Um, I, I think it goes in that order for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love what Quigley could do. I just think R.J. Barrett's ceiling is just so much higher. If he could get a better handle, and and it's if he could just be more consistent all around, which I just think comes with experience because he is still so young. I mean, there were certain plays where I just want to kill him because he's shooting, you know, a, a terrible jump shot with you know, 15 seconds left on the shot clock and just ruining a possession. But then the next possession he'll come down and he'll go to the bucket and get fouled or get a layup. And it's like, we just need to work on your decision-making. That's all. And I think that also has to do with confidence. And I think, I think Tibbs ripped his confidence away from him throughout the year. And then basically by force due to injury at the end of the year, he kind of got it back and then kind of lost it again towards the end of this series. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I'm not as high on um, on Barrett as in terms of being like a real scorer. Um, I don't think that's ever going to be his role. But I do think I do agree with you. His confidence was completely shot. RJ Barrett could do that to you. RJ Barrett, in my opinion, I mean, listen, he could be a twenty point a game scorer, which is fine as like a third guy on your team. And also, I think he could be all if he is engaged. Every single possession, he could be an all-defensive player. He has yeah. the skill set to do it. Yeah, he's going to be one of those players that as his career goes on, and by the way, this isn't a knock on him. I know when you're the third pick in the draft, you're hoping for superstardom, and I don't think that's ever going to be him, but I also don't think that his that his floor is all that low. No, you know, I, I think he's always going to be a contributable player. Yeah. My question is, is can you get to the point where you can maybe shoot like 42% from the field and maybe like 39% from three or 38%? To be honest, from three? I would be showing him videos of your boy, Cam Johnson every day. Be yeah. like, Please just play like him. Make better yeah. decisions. And, and he, they're pretty much the same player. Cam Johnson is a, has a more natural shot. Yeah, he's a better shooter. But R.J. Yes. Barrett is is a better, is stronger and better at going to the basket. So they kind of cancel each other out. But I would just like that like him to play like Cam Johnson. And then as for quickly, I would love to hold on to him just because I think he's great on both sides of the ball. But again, I, I think his ceiling is a six man. I, I could be wrong. He could go to a he could go to another whatever team in a package deal and light it up and I'll be kicking myself, but I, I would like to see the Knicks hold on to him. And then Obi Toppin, I just think he's been yanked around so much by the Knicks and he came into the league old. I know the next stop that he goes to, he's going to be heard from. I think he's going to be a fine rotational player, but if we lost him, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to like cry on the podcast. Yeah. See, to me from the outside looking in, Obi Toppin is just not a very skilled offensive player. He did. And he did shoot better, like a lot better this year. He did, but I think you would agree. He's not a guy where you're like, oh, if you put him in a different situation, no, not he's at all. Blossom. I, I think not he could all. be a rotational player. I agree with you on that. He could be if if you put him on the Lakers right now, he could be Rory Hachimura. Yeah, that's a good comp. Yep, yeah, big that. guy with size can rebound, shoot. 
Yeah, exactly. He that that that's his ceiling. Um, but I mean, he's just a tweener. He's not a three. And then he gets overpowered in the paint by the big guys, and it's just a tough spot to be in. I mean, he's great for a fast break dunk, but that's not really, that's not basketball. That's just flash. Yeah, I mean, he gives you he gives you some nice minutes and some nice glimpses, but he's just not a creative player. Um, and I and again, when you come out of college and you're that old, I unlike an RJ Barrett who we we forget is only 22 years old. Uh, he he's just a baby. He only had that one year at Duke. So, yep. I mean, uh, listen, just to put a bow on it for me, look, you know, looking at it from a thousand feet above or whatever, amazing, great next year. I had a lot of fun. I had more fun with this next team than I think I even did with the mellow years. Even when they finished with uh, what they won the Atlantic Division was that twenty thirteen maybe. Yep. And. And they lost uh, what the second round to I forgot who, um, Indiana. Indiana. Uh, I st- I have more fun with this team, and I think this team is just more promising. I think that team that 2013 was its ceiling. I think this team, if they continue to make all the right moves, uh, they're they're a superstar away from being a real contender. Um, and I just think we need to make sound decisions, not sell the farm here on a Bradley Beal or a, or another you know guy that's just an empty stats guy. Hold out for the superstar and just keep building. Yeah, man, your future's bright. Uh, there's a lot of creativity that you have with the roster, with the draft pick. <laughs> Sorry if I, I, I sneeze. I, Allergies are that's rough. All right. I hope you weren't sneezing at my uh, at my at my point but no i I just i can't (laughs) i can't control myself right now dude my allergies are so bad and i do take claritin every day and it doesn't do a damn thing no man your best bet is benadryl but unfortunately that's drowsy it'll knock you the fuck out not Uh, to mention i read a harvard study that if you take benadryl too often it does lead to alzheimer's but at this point breathing probably does too well and also i don't doubt that because when my allergies are killing me down here and i wake up from a benadryl induced nap i feel like i've lost a lot of brain cells so <laughs> um but no i, I think your future is very bright i i really like the situation that this team is in and, and you should feel better than that 2013 team because man you did that with smoke and mirrors you had rasheed wallace jason kidd and kenyon martin on that team and baron davis on that team like pizza boy pablo prigioni further with that pablo prigioni little steve novak action but <laughs> with this team it's like no we're young we're developing but I do think that you have the right to be a little upset that you lost because it's not like you lost to Boston or Milwaukee like no. you thought you would. You lost to the Heat, but let's be honest about the Heat. They were not in the eighth seed. No. Uh, and and if any Knicks fan thinks just because the Bucks lost that everything was wide open, again, you're also the Knicks fan that thinks that the year that we lost to the Hawks in the first round, we were a conference finals team, and you're delusional. Yes. Yeah, and there's a lot of them out there, um, and I think you know I, I I am okay with recalibrating expectations. It's okay to go in with certain expectations and then surpass them, like you did by just dominating Cleveland. And then instead of getting the Giannis-led Milwaukee Bucks, you get the Miami Heat. Um, I think it's okay to be a little upset, but overall, you got to peel it back. Now you're a couple days removed. It was a great season, and also I think the people who are in the decision-making roles for the Knicks are not going to make a really dumb decision by trading for Andrea Bargnani um, yeah. and, you know, bypassing a lot of elite talent uh, to draft an unproven point guard from France. So 
you know, you're likely yeah. going to have Dallas's pick. That that's an attractive offer. You have, you know, you're going to get rid of Fournier, uh, probably Rose as well. Um, yeah. And now you're kind of at this fork in the road where. I know you don't love the idea, and I certainly don't either, but it would not surprise me if Carl Anthony Towns is playing on this team, especially if it doesn't take an insane amount. Yeah, like I, of course. Uh, that's the point right there. It's What does the deal look like? Is it is it Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, and a super-duper-duper protected first-round pick? See, the thing that the Knicks are in a good standing with is that there are teams across the landscape of the NBA – that are so desperate to recoup draft capital that they've lost in bad trades over the couple of years that didn't come to fruition, that they're maybe not as interested. I mean, shit, you even saw Utah last year. R.J. Barrett was not the reason that deal didn't get done. The Knicks didn't want to include the fifth pick, the fifth unprotected pick, which, you know, probably was the right decision. But there's a lot of teams that would much rather have all these picks that the Knicks have as opposed to an Emmanuel Quickly or an R.J. Barrett. I agree with that, but you know, looking at it all in all, I'm not mad about the about the Donovan Mitchell pick because how I'm looking at it now is if you're going to give up f- basically your entire future, five first round draft picks is your foreseeable future, and f- mm-hmm. I mean shit, in five years it's crazy to think, but I'll probably have a fucking kid and own a house and 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 in a completely different point in my life that's how long we would have to deal with that and if you're going to make that move you have to say okay we are a top four team in the league tom five years ago we were trying to record this podcast in a library yeah i know i know it's a long fucking time dude it is um but again i think you know picks all look great until you know, you have to kind of see the whole plan out. The reason that the the Minnesota Utah trade looks so bad for Minnesota is because they got a player who we already knew they grossly overpaid for, and they were not going to get. They were not going to turn themselves into a championship team. And also you know, got him after his prime. Exactly, with an unproven circumstance where he's going to be playing alongside Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I don't think it's going to ever amount to that bad, but shit. I mean, we're looking at the potential of this Phoenix Nets situation where it's like Phoenix better get their shit together fast because those picks that the Nets have are all unprotected plus a swap. Um, and we talked about it with the Nets and, and Harden as like giving all those picks to Houston. Well, you know, Houston hasn't really been able to do much with those picks because even in the pick swaps, the Nets are always finishing better than them, which is why they can't tank. So, it, you have to actually see how all of it works out. If there's a superstar that wants to come to the Knicks and you can get him, you're going to have to pay a lot to get that player. But you're saying, I'm doing this with a chance to win a championship, not hopefully get out of the first round again. Oh, and by the way, we're pairing him with Jalen Brunson, who is automatically a thousand times better than we thought he was last year, and we thought he was pretty good then. 100%. And, and the last thing I'll say is uh, I thought – I was really, really impressed with Tibbs, and I shit on him for years. And I'm glad just, you said that because there's been a lot of Tibbs hate going around. For what though? I mean, there was like that. If if they're hating on that one game, go look at the box. Go look at the box score. I mean, what the hell was Tibbs going to do aside from go out there and pop a couple threes himself? Because <laughs> outside of Jalen Brunson, nobody else decided to show up for that game. 
Well, you need to address the shooting. You just don't have a lot of shooting yeah, on this current team, and that's okay. For sure, you, but but I'm just giving Tibbs a little credit because I, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan who I feel like I shit on him when he deserved it. Just the fact that he he veered off of his of his old MO, which was I don't play young guys. I'm you know, a couple of years ago, if, if Tibbs was a couple, you know, a couple of years ago, Tibbs was coaching this team, Fournier would have still been playing and Rose would have still been playing. And those guys haven't seen minutes since, you know, December. And I, I yeah, think that's maturation. Oh, 100%. Um, I really also did not understand why a lot of Knicks fans are like, why didn't we give Fournier a try? You mean the guy that you've been dogging since his first minute with the Knicks? Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, those are the same ones that probably think that we could beat. Not only could we have beaten the Heat in this series, we also could have beaten the Celtics and gone to the finals. So. Right, because they look at regular season games as if they still matter a lot when time and time again it's proven that the regular season and the playoffs are two very different things. Anyway, man, it was a great season for you. Uh, I'm, I definitely think there's a lot to be optimistic about from the Knicks. So why don't I just ask you real fast before we get off of them and move on. Um if you had a plan in place and you were Leon Rose, what would your dream offseason be? Well, it, how would you approach the offseason? Let me rephrase it that way. Not dream. How would you approach it? Well, I mean, you know we're going to get rid of Fournier and Rose, and I don't really know what we're going to get from them. But for me, it's just I'm zeroing in on a guy to put alongside in the backcourt I, I, I want to keep I want to hold on to quickly, but I'm willing to deal him if the right deal comes up. But if it doesn't, then I still want him coming off the bench, and I want a guy that complements Jalen Brunson. And that's a bigger guard that plays good defense. That's why I brought up Marcus Smart. I love the Marcus Smart idea. Um, I also think you could use another wing or two that can shoot. I well, really yeah, like I mean, Mark, we, but he's not a big-time shooter. Yes, and that's why that's why we beat the Cavs so handily because they didn't have any wing players and we were exposed on the wing. I mean, it's another thing is I want to re-sign Josh Hart because I know that things were bad towards the end of that Miami series, but he was amazing and I think he was just asked to do too much because again we didn't have the wing player that we needed and he's just not that guy. But I think if the price is right, eighteen million feels a little steep for me, and that's the I think number it's that, going to be eighteen twenty. That's what it sounds like. But you know what? I don't know, Sean. What do you think? I mean, the cap's going to go up. Is he worth that type of money for the player that he is, where he's basically a third wing, but he's a he just does everything that you need done? You're the better one to answer this. You you've been watching him on your team for a while. We were both big fans. I think him. I would honestly. I think I would give him like a three year, you know, forty something million dollar deal for sure. I I just think that he is so valuable coming off the bench. He's a dog on defense amazing rebounder and he makes the right fucking play he's got one fatal flaw and that's he is probably the streakiest shooter in the league he can be a liability on offense but he does so many things in a day in and day out basis that contribute to wins he's a liability because he doesn't shoot well but it's not like he's russell westbrook where no. if the ball doesn't touch his hands, he's a complete nothing. He cuts hard, he offensive rebounds, and he makes every single time he makes the right decision. Passing he's a winning wise. basketball player, man. Yeah. And he plays with edge. He, he really does. He's he's a, he's everything that the Knicks fans too, right? Like there are certain players that embody the franchise in which they play That's, for. And for he me, fits them like a glove. 
Yeah, for me, outside of like, a, you know, maybe we'll bring up Embiid or something crazy like that or another or Carl Anthony Towns, another unhappy superstar, whatever you want to call it. My priority would be getting another guard to complement Brunson, getting getting a wing player. And he doesn't need to be anything crazy. But even maybe if we go out and we get a Gordon Hayward and hopefully he can stay healthy um, to trade some of our bad deals off of and then signing a Josh Hart would be a great offseason for me. Just building blocks until we can go out and get that superstar because eventually we're going to get the guy. I think you will. Um, the Embiid thing is a pipe dream, but we see all the time that things really, really change uh, in the NBA really fast. I mean, if Harden goes to Houston and sounds like there's a lot of smoke to that fire, Embiid's going to be kind of stuck where it's like, shit, we didn't trade Harden. We didn't get anything for him. Now it's kind of just me and a bunch of role players. And we know about Tobias Harris. I mean, I'm just looking at the free agents right now. Like, would you bring in Chris Middleton if you could? Like, would you bring in a Fred Van Vliet or a Harrison Barnes or a Jeremy Grant? All of those players, a Gary Trent. Some of these names we mentioned for you during the trade deadline, I think they could all be pretty nice pieces. Yeah. Maybe a character Levert off the bench to fill it up a I little like, bit more so. I like some of those guys you mentioned. Some of them I don't. I mean, I don't really like – like, I think, I think a Chris Middleton would be a guy I'd want to stay away from because I think some team is going to be dumb enough to give him a shit ton of money. Like, looking at – like, it might be Milwaukee again. Yeah, and we might be looking at like a $30 million a year contract, and I think his best years are well behind him. Um, so personally, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do like a Van Vliet just because I feel like he's a shittier version of Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of uh, redundant, and, and, and you saw what happens when you have two guards that can't really play defense and are undersized. Um, I would rather get a bigger guard in there. I, and I like the Harrison Barnes, though, because I don't think that would cost you that much money. You could go in and poach my boy Cam Johnson. I'm sure the Nets would match, but... Yeah, I, right I, 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 don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. I hope not. I would love to see the, him retained. But I could see a world in which a team, like, that, like a bad team that really needs to spend money, just throws an insane offer at him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is, well, Vander- the Knicks, great. is Vanderbilt on an expiring on the Lakers, or I don't know? I didn't see that. By the way, he's really not playing a lot. I know, but again, when he did, he was good. I just, I don't know. I guess he's not in the rotation anymore. I don't know. There's a lot of small moves the Knicks can make. I just, let's not sell the farm, and, and let's not give crazy money away this year just because this ain't, this is not the free agent year. And we're not going to no. have to be doing any emergency pods about signings this summer. I don't think so. This is I, I am predicting that this summer is going to be nuts from the trade standpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, we might have to do some emergency pods for that. Just not for – there's not going to be a KD Kyrie situation. Not to no. pour salt in a wound here, but – That's quite all right. I, I got a lot of retribution over the last couple of weeks and months with that. So <laughs> it's moving on. I'm moving on. Um, as, you know, I think – you're, both of our teams we can be optimistic about heading into this summer. Uh, you a little bit more so than me, but I think it's interesting for both teams to see how they're going to reconfigure their roster. Obviously, the Nets have like 10 wings, um, and the and the Knicks have some areas have to improve. Have none. They have none, <laughs> but you know what you have? Uh, I mean, you have, you have a legit franchise point guard for the first time in a long time. And uh, the best thing about him, too, which we've seen, is not only the prolific numbers he put up this postseason, man, 
but he played some of his best basketball with Luca, who's one of the hardest players to play with in the league. And and again, I don't think people are talking about this enough and reiterating it enough, maybe because the Knicks are lost and, and not all of them are New York podcasts or whatever. Brunson got significantly better in the playoffs, which I think is mm-hmm. so big. Oh, and he was remember how great he was in the West playoffs last year to get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He steps his game up when it counts. He does, man. Um, all in all, good season for the Knicks. Now let's move on. Uh, we got to talk just an all-time choke job by the Sixers. We recorded our pod last Thursday as Game 6 was happening, and I was so close to texting him, like, this is going to be known as the Tatum game, but in a bad way. Uh, he had, what, three points heading into the like midway through the third quarter. It looked like Philly was going to finally win. And then he goes off, and then he carries it into Game 7 where dude just went nuclear. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, and I think I texted you that because you were wrote LMAO Harden, and I said him and Tatum both made statements in, in a very different way. Tatum reminded everybody and reiterated that he is one of the best players in the league, and he stepped up when it mattered, and Harden shriveled up into the fetal position in the corner of the <laughs> corner of out of bounds and did not do a damn thing. Nine points. Nine fucking points. I mean, we and, and listen, we're not alone, so I don't want to give us too much credit, but you were saying a lot, even more so than me. I need to see it in the playoffs and not just the first round against a bad Nets team. Let me see what Harden is in the playoffs. And again, in a moment where he could have been the guy. Hey, he teased us a couple times. There was two 40-point outbursts, but then when the when they turned the lights on and they got a little bright, he started to shrivel. And that's why... I don't want to hear another goddamn thing of any hardened dick riders. Anybody. Ha- like You were you a dick rider for like 10 minutes. Dude, I had to. He was on my fucking team. <laughs> By I the know. way, he, he, he was really good when next to Kyrie. I mean, that was honestly, if you think about it, a perfect situation for him. Because it's like, I really could be the third guy. I, I don't have to do a whole lot when I have Durant and fucking... Kyrie cooking but anyway it, it's over that was two years ago might as well have been 10 but um you wish <laughs> he's that's as bad as it gets for a superstar a first ballot hall of famer who's gonna waltz into the hall of fame you can't have a worse stain on your resume than him than he has in big time playoff games how do you have nine points I just I don't even understand it. At one point, he had more turnovers than he had points, and I think he always had some garbage layups to to make sure that ratio wasn't uh, in favor of the turnovers. It really was one of the most horrendous performances I've ever seen from a guy who's going, like I said, walking into the Hall of Fame, and now we've seen it in Houston when he was the guy. We saw it in Brooklyn, although that was a little unfortunate with the injury that he'd suffered. And then had, obviously, he forced his way out, and then we have this. Playing with Embiid, who, by the way, won MVP, and he certainly didn't step up to the challenge either. Listen, this was all Tatum. He was amazing, but the Sixers didn't do anything. What was that, a a sustained 28-3 to run in the third quarter? It was a three-point game at halftime, dude. Yeah, and then one team came back out and the other one didn't. I I don't know, and then you got to look at it as Daryl Morey, and it's like, shit, should I have just stayed in Houston? I mean, (laughs) because... If like you you already mentioned, if if Harden leaves, it's basically Embiid 
and I guess you could say Maxi and a little bit of Tobias Harris and then a bunch of role players and it's like, well, fuck, I went from a full-on rebuild to a team that's staring a rebuild right down the barrel here and they're they're, you know, not as far down in it. I mean, shit. It's it's a really tough situation and honestly, I'd be shocked if Harden returns. Oh, he's not coming back. Um, I don't care if they said, I mean, they could fire Doc tomorrow and he still probably won't come back yeah and I think if Doc does get fired I think that's it I think I think this was the last coaching opportunity for him I know he won the championship back in 2008 with the Celtics but he's got a very very long history before that and when he coached the Magic and after that championship of of being um, a guy whose asshole gets very 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 tight in these situations and he just kind of forgets how to coach Tom, yesterday he lost his seventh series where he was up three games to two. And several of those, I don't know exactly the number, it's either two or three, they were up 3-1. Yeah, I like his good personality. Teams too. Really good teams. I like his personality. I think he's going to be good. I think he's been on TV before, and he'll he'll transition right back into that. And he likes to golf a lot, so I think he's done. I don't know why he would put himself through the stress. I mean, if not now, when is he getting that second title, right? Yeah, I mean, no no real contender is going to take him. Like, is he going to go coach the Bucks? No. Or, I don't know, name another vacant, or the Suns? Suns. No. Um, I, I think it's done for him. I, I really do, and I think a lot of it, you have to put the blame on him. I mean, there's a lot of blame. You could put a blame pie out there and throw a little Chris Paul in there throw James Harden and Embiid this year, but a lot of that shit has to go to him. Um, it, sometimes the game just passes you by. I thought it did it to Tibbs, but Tibbs made adjustments. Um, I think I think the game's passed him by. I'm all to critique Doc. I think game six was a really tough loss, especially when you're keeping Tatum in check pretty much the whole time. And then down the stretch, Embiid doesn't touch the ball for the last couple minutes of that game. I think that's directly on him. But yesterday, oh, that and you're keeping the timeouts in your pocket. I mean, it's just yeah. classic Doc stuff. No, I don't really put Game Seven on him though. I just no, put the your fact superstars have to show up, yeah, and they didn't. I just put the fact that it got to Game Seven on him. But Game Seven is totally James Harden, probably shoulders. I don't know, James Harden and Embiid shoulder about ninety percent of the blame there. You can split it up amongst the two of them. Yeah. Uh, again, Embiid, I, I, I hate criticizing players who are clearly playing through a lot of pain. Uh, and Embiid is a winning player. I know he hasn't gotten to the conference finals, but he had the misfortune of having some Ben Simmons teams and then having his team choose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. It's a uh, shame, and- though, because I think, you know, Simmons mentioned this, and I observed it, too. It's just, you know, you saw it with Jokic. He went balls out to win those MVPs which I believe MB did now, and then this year he kind of rested for the playoffs, and clearly it paid off for him. It's a shame because you can't even see MB do that because this Sixers team is going to be so diminished that it's it's not even going to – I don't think they're going to be contenders next year for MB it's to hard. even rest. It's hard to think that they would be legitimate contenders. They're going to take a step back, and that's where I could see MB, even though he has a very strong relationship with the city of Philly. He loves them, and they love him. And he was, you know, the alpha in those Simmons years, and he wins his MVP. He's all they got left from the process. He's all they have left. But we see this happen. I mean, does he want to be the face of a franchise that's unable to 
go get that next player. I love Tyrese Maxey. I think he's a dog. I think he's a winning player too. Is he the second star next to Joel Embiid? No. And the other thing too with Joel Embiid that needs to be talked about that I haven't heard, but I'm kind of surprised why it hasn't been brought up. We see these players force their way out of situations a lot. He has actually more of a reason to do it than others because he plays a position that's so damaging to his body. He doesn't have the luxury to wait three, four years to see what the Sixers are going to do. Whereas if you play a guard position or if you're a wing, you could be great deep into your you know mid-30s. He might not have another four great years left. This might be his apex. So he's not going to be all that patient no matter how much he loves that city. I agree. Not to mention, I feel like I'm not going to do uh, a long history, but I can't remember a lot of players of recent years that have put up with more shit and been more patient than Joel Embiid because he's been good Great for point. a pretty long time now. Great point. I mean, the last player that I can think of that put up with this much shit and then and he didn't even ask for a trade, eventually he was traded, was Kevin Garnett to the Celtics. Yep. I mean, look yeah, at all those loyalty. years. What did you say? Again, loyalty. He was very loyal to that city and community. He really wanted to win there. Yeah, he did, and he gave him his best years, and they didn't do shit for him. I mean, what did they do? They went. They had Marbury. They let him go, and then they they had nothing. Yeah, they they lost to the Lakers in the 4 Western Conference Final. That was as far as they ever got. Yep. Um, so yeah, again, I think it's going to be a really interesting off season for the Sixers, and and I just think it's going to be a really negative off season for the Sixers. I don't see anything good coming out of it. Not to mention they're in a bit of cap hell as well with the Tobias Harris contract and a few others. They can move that deal, but it's not going to be super easy. No, um, they're not going to get anything good for it, and maybe they'll open up some cap space, but you and I just talked about how shitty the free agent market is, and outside of Maxi, they don't really have any pieces to trade to to make a deal, and I think the Nets have a good chunk of their picks coming up. Yeah, they don't have any picks. So they're they're pretty much hamstrung. They are. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the Celtics, Harden, though, by the way. <laughs> the we will. We will. That, won. <laughs> that was a pretty it, – it, just the dominoes that could fall from, from the Philadelphia standpoint is just too enticing not to talk about. But, yes, yeah, so let's talk Boston. Um, you got to be loving it, by the way, because you hate six? Philly. I despise them. <laughs> and what, what was your question? I'm sorry. I just thought I just thought of how much you hate Philly there. <laughs> I, desp- I fucking despise them. Um, I was going to ask you. Were you shocked to see the turnaround that Tatum had in game six? Or was it for you more of a, it's about fucking time. You're too good to go down. Yeah, that's it. That's what it was. I, I, Jalen needs to show up this next series. I thought he was pretty damn good in this series. He didn't have to do much yesterday. He, I actually thought it was nice that he deferred. Yeah, he, I just, I just, they're still playing for me. They're still playing your turn, my turn ball. And I know that has a lot to do with Missoula. This series, man, I think, listen, I, I think the Celtics are going to be able to outlast the Heat, but, I mean, you saw Spo out-coach Tibbs, who I just gave a million compliments to. Tibbs is a better coach than Missoula right now. It's going to be really interesting to see his rotations, how much of a leash he gives Robert Williams, how how what's the word, uh, how confident he is or how much he goes to the well with Marcus Smart, which he's been doing way too much. Uh, it seems to me that he's just completely killed whatever the momentum he had with Derek White. I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see it. 
Yeah, well, you make a great point. Um, you know, he should be coaching circles around Missoula, but unlike Tibbs, um, he has a Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to go he does. to the well. He uh, does. Which the Knicks did not. <laughs> no, they do not. I would love. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, yeah, how do you see this series going? I think it's going to be very similar to last year. Um, I think it's going to be a fucking seven. brawl, like a knockdown drag out. Well, that's what we saw last year. I mean, it was weird last year. People forget there were a couple games that were absolute blowouts. Well, yeah, One that was that was the story of the of the playoffs last year from the second feels like the second round and on. I mean, I remember last year I was making money hand over fist because every time a team would play, <laughs> uh, if I thought they were going to win, it would be a spread of like two points, and I'd be like, well, I'm just going to bet an alternate spread here of ten and a half, and it seemed to hit every time. Yeah, I think out of their four wins, Boston won two of them by like twenty plus. I think out of their three wins, Miami won one by twenty plus. Like then the other games were just some sometimes just aesthetically unpleasing. Like it was, you felt like you were watching a game from the nineties because no one could score. But that's what these teams do. I, I just don't think Miami has enough. But I would not be shocked to see them go into TD Garden and win Game One, and then this series go seven. Uh, I I think that just the grit. And the knowledge that the Heat have of the Celtics from all of their matchups last year and the four games this year in which they split, um, I don't see Miami going down in four or five and shit, maybe even six. But at least this year they have Game 7 will be in Boston, unlike Game 7 being in Miami, even though Boston won that game. Uh, I think Boston would have a better go of it if they had the home home fans on their side like they did yesterday. I think this is my. I think this is Boston in six. I think. Okay. I think that Spo is going to be heard from, but I just think that I think Boston is just so much more talented than Miami, and Jimmy Butler has just put on an all-time display this playoffs. But I mean, the, the other shoe's got to drop, and he's going to have to run out of gas eventually. And I also think that. The fourth quarter combined of Game 6 combined with Game 7, something got sparked in Tatum, and I think he's just going to ride this wave, and he, and he remembered who he was, and I think he's going to continue to play that way. And the Celtics are going to be able to take care of this in 6. Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, we both had the series going pretty long. I have Boston in 7. Um, should be fun, man. I, I These two teams, you know, we've seen a lot of them. They played each other in the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble, and then again last year. Um, they're, they're two teams that they're not really throwing any kind of surprises at one another. It's just who's tougher and who can outlast the other longer. Definitely. Um, so there will not be a repeat champion. There will be a new champion this year. Moving over to the Western Conference. The Lakers beat the Warriors 122-101. to I my brain was in such a pretzel with this series because I on the last pod I think I was I, I maybe I was drunk high I don't know but I was like yeah I think the Warriors are going to win the series and then and then I said let's do some recency bias finals pick and I picked the Lakers to go to the finals. <laughs> See this is why you're a bad guy because you did that to me too. I re-listened to it. I was like I, 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 I can't even take myself seriously. <laughs> Who is listening to me? <laughs> Listen, I I just I don't know. I I think. We let's continue the trend that we've had. We've talked about the teams. <laughs> the we've talked about now. we've talked about the teams since we started this pod that lost before the teams that won. So let's. There's a lot to fucking 
go over here. We can continue to do it throughout the offseason with the Golden State Warriors. But there's a lot in flux here. Uh, at, like I said on the last pod, came full circle. LeBron started this kind of mini dynasty, whatever you want to call it. And I think he finished it. I think the Warriors are going to look totally different next year. I mean, we don't know what the hell is going to go on with Draymond. I think Jordan Poole's got to go. I just don't think I, – I don't know – uh, I just don't think that those the franchise and him are gonna jive anymore. Um, I I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with Clay. I think he's gonna opt in, but I don't. They're, they're so far over the repeater tax. I think that somebody said that they're gonna have to pay if if everything stayed the same, they would have to pay two hundred and fifty million dollars in luxury tax. Yeah, and they're not gonna do that. That's that's like bigger than other teams' payrolls. Like that's oh, yeah. that's cra- Oklahoma City probably pays fifty million dollars. That's that's insanity. And on top of all that, looming over all of this, the guy who put this whole fucking thing together also is a free agent, which nobody's I, really mentioning. No, I, I think the people who are smart and talk basketball and repercussions from the series lost are. And I'm happy that you ended with that because that's kind of where I want to start. I These think are very difficult. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you make your point. I, I just think, um, what's his, what's the GM's name? Um, do you remember Bob Myers? Bob Myers. Yeah. I, listen, I think, I think if he stays, the Warriors look pretty close to what they look like now but if he goes it will be indicative of a of a complete whatever whatever it will be very different it'll be almost a blow up yeah um that's where i kind of wanted to jump off of your of your statement it is i think if bob myers leaves he it, it makes a lot of sense cuz i don't think he wants to be the one that has to choose the loyalty. Yeah. It's really hard in professional sports unless you're just Bill Belichick who doesn't have emotions. Or Danny Ainge. Or Danny Ainge to better comp because it's the same sport. Well Who's done. It's worse, but, by the way. I'm trying to think. Oh, man. They're both cutthroat. I mean, Danny Ainge. And, I mean, Danny Pat Riley is that way, too. Yeah. Danny Ainge did Isaiah Thomas just that one, one example pretty fucking dirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. But I definitely think Bob Myers is thinking like, I'm going to have to make the decision to negotiate with these guys. I have to be the bad guy and tell them, you no longer make my team a championship caliber team, which is true. They don't. Clay's going to opt in. And it's such a tough spot because you still got Steph, who is still playing at a top 10 player in the league level. You do. But. But you also have Wiggins, who's making 30-something million this year. You have Poole, who's making 30-something million this year. Both those players, given the regular season and the playoffs, don't deserve the amount of money that they were paid after the championship, which is the biggest. The Warriors went their entire run not doing it, and then after they win their last championship, they overpay the players after the championship. Well, they also tried to do something that is very hard to do in sports, which is combine windows of – and the they, older team yep. into the younger team, and those draft picks have not panned out at all. I was going to say, I think gone. I know, I know, all those guys have rings, but that was because of the old regime. I think at the end of the day, it was going to be proven unsuccessful. Yeah, because they don't want to lose their they don't want to lose their role. And you saw it with Clay, man. He tried to get it going in Game Six. 
he's just slow and didn't have his legs under him. He was playing too much basketball for too long. He was short on every three he took. And that well, he was sucked four, he, he sucked five, and then he sucked more yeah. in six. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is the longer he kept playing, the more minutes he had on those legs. I mean, you've got a fucking r- r- torn ACL and an Achilles in back-to-back years. I mean, those legs are never going to be the same, and he's kept getting older. I mean, what is he, 35 now, 34? I mean, he's yeah. not a spring chicken, it's usually and what he happens. has a lot of miles. As, as the world turns, you get a little older. Uh. Yeah, and Draymond, too, is like, do I want to give Draymond Green $22 million a year? Yeah. I already read they're negotiating right now, and they're going to try to figure it out. And, of course, Draymond said he'll announce his decision on his podcast, which is great, good for him. Um what but are his sponsors? I, I hope they're paying him well. I hope they are too. I come on ours. We we, we need a guest host for the PGA with me. True. Maybe he can find himself doing some of that. But ah, I was thinking DJ Khaled. Him too. He's into golf now. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, I actually have heard that. Like that's like something he's like super super into. Oh. Um, Draymond, on the other hand, he needs to be into making a decision do you are you legacy based and will you take a pay cut to play the rest of your career in that infrastructure that is golden state even if there's a roster turnover or are you ready for a new chapter elsewhere i still don't know on the open market who's giving him a lot because i still think somebody a lot will. of the public perception yes somebody will you're right but the public perception is i think still that Draymond Green, part of his excellence is him playing with Steph Curry his whole career. Of course. He does bring a lot of great things. I mean, the he other, does. But, but I'd say 50% of what he brings is his intangibles being his leadership and whatnot, which was clearly diminished this year because of what happened early on in the season. I, I think it affected the entire team, especially him and Jordan Poole. Well, this is the third time. The suspension in 2016 that from kicking KD or from kicking uh, LeBron in the balls, and then obviously his blow-up with KD on the sideline yep. that forced KD to want to get out. Hey, man, he is the definition of can't live with him, can't live without him. Um, but, you know, that, that also won them four championships. Yep. That his his it's a tightrope act with him every time, um, and and you kind of just got to ride it out. But also, you know, another glaring question that I don't know if anybody's asked is: Is Steve Kerr just fucking burnt? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. That's a good. Do you think him and Bob Myers are tied at the hip at all? No, I I don't think if Bob Myers leaves, I don't think if Kerr and they both leave, I don't think Kerr will go coach the next team. That I could be totally wrong, but I just think I think Kerr might be done. I mean, Kerr's an no, intelligent. No, what I mean is that he would like tied at the hip where like if Bob Myers left, uh, Kerr would step down, hmm. not follow him to another team, but just be like, I'm done too. To be honest, Steve Kerr came out of the front office. I think there's a better chance that Steve Kerr might step up. Oh become the GM. I, I'm not sure. Although maybe a little too close for comfort dealing with, you know, because then it's like I coach these guys and we won four championships together and had, you know, we went to the finals, what, like six times or something like that. I don't know if he'd be able to tell clay. Yeah. We're not paying you that or tell Draymond. Yeah. We're not paying you that. That'd, that'd be a tough scene. Um, but I don't know. I, I could see him stepping back up as GM. You know, he was GM for the Suns for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another interesting question. This team, 
is we talked about the Sixers. We know the Sixers are fucking toast, right? I mean, this season is going to be bleak for them. This team is so much more interesting because it could go so many ways. They could, for all we know, Bob Myers could re-up and they could fucking run it back. They could. They could do it. Uh, and just make a few moves like trade trade Kaminga, trade Poole, trade a few others and just kind of try and retool. Or they could just go the complete opposite way and it could be Steph with a completely new cast. The benefit they have of Steph being the guy is that he will not force himself out of anything. His legacy is cemented, and he can ride off into the sunset putting up prolific numbers on a team that's not competing for titles if that's what they want to do. Um, I mean, they were losing hand over fist there for a couple of years because of injuries, and he didn't say a peep. Um, I, I, I definitely don't think that making some moves around the edges is going to be what takes them. I think they maxed out. I'm just going to be blatantly honest. I don't think that uh, they could do anything more with this core. You could trade pool for whomever. You could get a Kevon Looney replacement, or you know, uh, you're, you can get another guy. You hoped Wiseman would turn into by by moving Kaminga. Uh, you got Moody, who was actually weirdly playing minutes for them. Divincenzo, like those are the kind of guys you're about. Like the second best player in the second half of that series. That's my point is you're going to have to you're, if you're going to move these guys to bring in other ones, they're just going to be new names, but same positions. If your core is Clay, Steph and Draymond, this is it, man. This is as far as you can go. Yep. Uh, we're getting old, man. I know we are getting old. Just a, a lot to a lot. We could talk for another two hours about just the Warriors, but we got a lot to talk about. We'll do it in the summer. I mean, there's going to be so much time around when there's finals games every four days like they map it out. Yeah. We can, we can do a theme. But, yeah, I think for right now, we've now we got to turn our attention to the Lakers, who somehow are in the Western Conference Finals, man. It's unbelievable. They're playing their best basketball right now. I mean, there's really not much for me to say here. This team goes as AD goes. LeBron's going to do what LeBron does. He's going to... He's going to keep everything in the battery tank until it's time to hit the nitrous oxide button or whatever you want to say and go balls to the wall. He's a genius. He's he's going to play this series as perfectly as he possibly can, but he knows, and we all know, this series goes as Anthony Davis goes. And if it goes seven because Anthony Davis says, hey, I only have to give a shit about four games, then that's how it's going to go. Another 2020 bubble rematch of the, of the Western Conference Final. Um, yep. Pretty amazing that in a year that so many haters want to say doesn't count, that we're validated with matchups again, and in Miami and Boston's case, a, a second year in a row and a third time in four. Um, the Jokic-AD matchup is going to be fascinating to me. Uh, again, to me, I think that Denver just knows themselves so fucking well. But I got to give the Lakers just an absurd amount of credit, man. I mean, for what they were all year is a floundering team who you were wondering was going to make the play-in. It, it was LeBron. It was AD missing time. LeBron missing time. They're not going to be able to do it. They finally finally end the Russell Westbrook era, bring in Vanderbilt, who hasn't really played much, and Beasley, who hasn't really played much. But they bring in D'Angelo Russell. And he's fit really well. You're going to live with his shortcomings sometimes. But I think what was unpredictable for a lot of folks, including me, 
Austin Reeves, <laughs> I know we talked about him last time. Dude's a legitimate, really good player, and he makes that team so much more dangerous because you can play him with any lineup. He's a stone-cold killer as a shooter, and he just opens up the rest of the game. He can take some pressure off D'Lo. He can take some pressure off Schroeder, who's played well defensively, and you know he's an irritant. And then, of course, obviously you've got Hachimura and Walker who are capable of having one of those nights. They have a lot of guys that are capable of having one of those nights. Yeah, and it's just it's the Lakers' big three of Reeves, AD, and LeBron, and then you just need – one of those guys, whether it be Russell or Walker or any of the other guys you mentioned, just to show up once in each of those games and they'll they'll come out on top. Absolutely. And I think that they think they can. I mean, we've talked about it. Our our hesitation of picking the Lakers to go to the finals or do anything real was we didn't think that you could get two healthy months out of AD and LeBron. We still and, don't know that, their, by the we way. We still don't know that. And they picked their spot. There's no doubt about it. Um but when they are at their best, they're an unstoppable force. Yeah, so I guess we're going to segue into that and then talk about the defeated Suns after that. How do you uh, how do you see this series going in the Western Conference Finals? I mean, Denver. I guess Mike Phillips texted us in a group chat. We didn't. Neither of us replied. Did he want credit I in that? Need, I- I'm definitely giving him credit for it, but I didn't like him peacocking like that. Yeah, that's that's such a you that's move. That rubbed me the wrong way. Such Just a you move. Calm down, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I've never done that. No, I, w- I, I wouldn't expect that out of you, but good job by him. I mean... He seems to be the only person that didn't completely underestimate the Nuggets. And you and I are still doing it because it sounds to me like you and I are leaning Lakers in this fucking series. Well, I hope that you didn't take all of my credit to the Lakers too literally because I'm not going to pick them in this series. I have Denver in six. Mm. I get the Lakers in seven. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. I think I mean I think it's exactly what I said. AD is going to pick and choose his spots where he has to go off, and fuck it. I mean he is going to make. If there's anybody that can make Jokic's life a little bit harder, it's LeBron and it's AD, and he's going to get his. But I think the Lakers are the smartest team out there right now, along with the Heat. But I think LeBron is just that good where he's going to figure out a way to be like, all right, Jokic, you can have your fifty, but the rest of the team is going to combine for thirty points. It, it, it's really hard because when I was thinking about this and which way I wanted to pick this series, I'm like, did LeBron really get this far to not make the Just to get this far? Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm going with here. I'm just kind of, I'm just, fuck it, I'm going to go with my gut. I picked the Lakers to lose the last series but somehow still make the finals. I guess they... They called. Uh, they they would have invoked their rematch clause in my brain, um, but yeah, I'm gonna roll with it. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it. Uh, I really Can do. Can you recall off the top of your head when the last time LeBron lost in a in a conference final was? Hmm. LeBron in the conference finals. The last time he lost was it before he went to the Miami Heat that last season in I believe what was it 2010 with the Boston Celtics Yeah, was that in the East Final? Um East, that would have had to have been the East Final or East yeah. Semis, right? No, that makes sense. I mean, listen, I could be wrong, but that's going way back. I'm not that old, right. but I am old. 
But yeah, that was he lost, ripped the jersey off. The Celtics went on to lose to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. Man, that was off the top of your head. That was good recollection. I uh, I was trying to think about it. I'm like, yeah, he either gets to the finals. Or I could be wrong, but for those listening, in case tweet me, tweet at me at Sorry Sports if you ever need a guy for sports trivia. I'm your man. Oh yeah, no, you're you're damn good. You know you're you know you're fast. I mean, you're not too uh, shabby yourself. Well, that's why we do this pod. We're very, very bright. Um, (laughs) I just think that for Denver, you know, Jokic is going to be a real problem for Davis. And the more physical that that series can get, the harder it is for Davis. Because let's be honest, AD didn't really have much of a matchup issue in either of the first two series. He didn't have to deal with Steven Adams, uh, who was hurt for the Grizzlies. And then... Obviously, outside of Kevon Looney and Draymond, who hey, they're gonna hold, they're gonna do their best, but AD really could dominate those two. I guys. agree with you, but that matchup goes both ways, man. It does. And I'm, if there's one guy, if there's one guy that I'm picking that can somewhat neutralize that Jamal, uh, what is his name? I'm trying to think. I just fucking Jamal Murray and. Uh, Jokic pick and roll. If there's one guy that can neutralize it just a little bit, I'm picking Anthony Davis if he's somewhat healthy. Yeah, you you would have to. I mean, he's certainly going to give Jokic a hard time, but I think if it gets really physical down low, one of those guys is going to end up down on his back and then trying to limp off, and I don't think it's going to be Jokic. No, I don't think so either. But I, I just think between the two of them, if they can stay healthy enough and preserve their energy, they're going to figure out a way to get it done in seven and face the Celtics. In both of our opinions on that side in the NBA Finals, you have the Nuggets winning. Finally, you decided to give them respect. I'm just going to continue throughout the... I'm just going to keep the trend going for the rest of the season. Well, I'll tell you what it what did it was, as we segue into the Phoenix Suns, watching game six. Yeah, I mean, they beat the living piss out of them from the jump, and... They were enjoying it, too. They were not letting up. I mean, they didn't let Phoenix have any kind of a run. I mean, they were just balling. Bruce Brown hitting corner threes yeah. and doing some celebrate. I mean, they kicked the living shit out of them and loved every second. Let me tell you, this was a bad run in the playoffs for making predictions for me because I feel like I flip-flopped a ton. But that's kind of what the NBA playoffs is. I know we picked Phoenix the second that trade was made. Uh, I guess we finally realized that uh, team basketball kind of matters. Um, but <laughs> Until I mean, we make another pick like this next year. Of course, but I mean, I did, I did say on the last pod, I think that I, I said, I, I just Kevin Durant and and um and Devin Booker at some point they could score all they want. At some point they're gonna have to rely on other people, and at some point, just like Jimmy Butler in this next series, the tank is gonna just be empty, and the car is just gonna stop driving. And that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hate to do this, so let's call and, – and seriously, this does not bring me any joy. Can you even name their third best player in that series? Like, who is their third best player after Chris Paul got hurt? Who sucked, by the way? Landale. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't it wasn't Aiton. No, it was not Aiton. Um, yeah, I don't honestly know. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's that's the hard part is, like, we, we're grasping at straws for the third. No, but that's but my it, point. Yeah. I hate doing this, but this is the second consecutive postseason that Kevin Durant was bad in an elimination series. He was bad in this game. He was. I agree. I just, he's still a top 
12 player in the history of the league, and I don't blame him in this situation. He had fucking nothing. And and you know what? If you want to say it's his fault, then fine. I don't, by the way. I don't say it's his fault. I'm just pointing it out. I mean, Jason let me say this. Let me say this. Last year. It's not his fault on the court, but for him well, being a orchestrating GM, it is his fault. Because if you don't remember, behind closed doors, when it all came out, Kevin Durant said, I don't want there to be a bidding war, and I only want to go to the Suns. And your Brooklyn Nets held his feet, held the Suns' feet to the fire, and they had to give up the fucking moon and the stars. And, of course, with the new owner, they did it. And that's why... Tory Craig was their third best player. <laughs> there it is. So I, I guess you can blame Kevin Durant in a way. I blame Kevin Durant because he always looks at the grass being greener on the other side. And this entire situation could be different if Harden and Irving stayed healthy two years ago or his foot wasn't on the line game seven. And But then we go through the rigmarole. It's like, well, you hitched your wagon to Kyrie Irving and continue to back him where you alienated James Harden who wanted out and forced the Nets to get Ben Simmons and then didn't play well in a first round series against the Celtics because you said the first the the seedings don't matter once you play and ultimately it did and then the whole offseason turmoil of requesting the GM and head coach who you just signed a four-year extension with before it even kicks in you request a trade and Phoenix wasn't willing to give it up, and you suck it up. You play great. You're on this run, 18-2 and two in 20 games. You get hurt. Kyrie does his shit, and then you want out. And like you said, bidding war, he didn't want any part of that, wanted to go to Phoenix, and the Nets obliged and was able to capitalize on a new, in, new owner syndrome. This is just him chasing his fucking tail around nonstop in circles, man. I don't know. I look at this situation. I have to ask you objectively. Is this situation any better than the ending of last year in Brooklyn? What the hell can Phoenix do? Oh, and by the way, they just fired their head coach. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, the only silver lining you can say is that at least he hitched his wagon to a more reliable player and a better player than the Brooklyn Nets ever had in Devin Booker. Yep. Outside of that, no. I mean, I think Kevin Durant just has a little bit of what I had when I was younger. Like in my teens, early 20s, where every time I had a job, I'd be like, I fucking hate this job. I want to get this job. My life's going to completely change and it's going to be so much better. And then you realize the grass isn't much greener. Maybe KD will listen to this pod and he'll have an epiphany and realize that maybe some people just never realize that and he'll just continue to bounce around. Um, But I do think post-Oklahoma City and, and I guess towards the end of Golden State, you're right. He has just been trying to find the best situation for himself when maybe maybe he was in it in Golden State. Yeah, and I don't totally blame him. I think because, you know, we don't give LeBron a lot of shit for going back to Cleveland. Now, ultimately, it, it led to him winning a title. Well, that's why he went there, of course. Because right. the heat, Dwayne Wade was getting older and Chris Bosh had the heart thing, although who knows if LeBron knew about that or whatever. Regardless, the Heat were getting older. They were diminished. The Cavs were on the way up, and that's why he went there. It was cute. Yeah, I also think, too, though, is that he knew that he was never going to be the guy in Miami. That was Wade's team. Yeah, of course. And And Durant forever Cleveland's guy. Yeah, and Durant has kind of been nomadic, where he was hoping Brooklyn was going to be the place for the rest of his career, or at least for a big chunk of it. And obviously circumstances, a lot of which he contributed to, uh, changed that. But I look at this Phoenix situation, man. You don't have a head coach. You fired a guy who 
won Coach of the Year two years ago. You got this DeAndre Ayton fiasco. I think that's the right word. Chris Paul, I mean, do you sign and trade him? You're already hearing whispers about maybe Kyrie goes there. It's like, oh, my fucking God, are we going to try this again? Like, I need to ask you, in your opinion, your basketball savant, what is the direction that this team goes in this summer? I, You know, it's going to be a lot tougher. I think somebody's going to bite on Aiton, but I don't know what you're going to get for him because Aiton is so my kind of guy usually where I would be pounding the table saying, oh, the Knicks need to get him. They should trade Mitchell Robinson for New him. York would eat him up. Uh, exactly. That's why my point is is he would – skill set-wise, he is so my guy. He's young. He's got great touch. He can shoot it. He can. But you know what? There's too many red flags with that guy. First of all, you're right. New York would eat him up. You thought Julius Randle was bad against the fans. That guy would be in a James Harden fetal position in two seconds. <laughs> Not to mention – he has not gotten a lick better at basketball since he came into the league. He has not gotten a better inside game, nor has he developed any further outside. And he also had that very alarming quote when he first came into the league where somebody asked him what his goals were or however they worded the question, and he said he wants to get to his second NBA contract, and he's clearly proven that out. Yeah. So um, just way too many red flags, and I think the Suns are going to – they have to trade him. He has to go. But they wanted to trade him last year. They were they wanted they didn't well, want now to resign him. And now yeah. it's now it's at um I don't know. I think it might be even worse than what Julius Randle is right now, where it feels like the Knicks have to get rid of him. It's at the point where it's like he cannot come back into this building and we're gonna have to take you know, way less value for him. Here's what I wanna know. Was it simply a Monty Williams thing with him? Where Ishbia no. said, "Listen, we'll fire him, and we because we we are committed to you, knowing that we're not going to be able to trade you for anything close to the requisite price we think your talent deserves." You say no very quickly. So you think that it's an overall larger problem with him? Does he just need to get out of the desert, regardless, and whatever they can get for him, they get for him? No, actually, now that I think about it, I think it's a Monty Williams slash CP three problem. I think mm-hmm. CP3 had a lot to do with that as well. And I think Chris Paul is gone. So now that I think about it, maybe there will be when the smoke settles and things calm down in August or whatever you want to say and the season's coming around, maybe they'll say Chris Paul is gone, Monty Williams is gone, we've got a reinvigorated um, DeAndre Aiden and we're going to run it back from here. Because I think that's truly, if you can salvage it, that's the smart decision because the talent is still there if you can motivate him and you're not going to get, you're going to get a fucking Wiseman deal for him. And and they're not a team that can afford that. No, they just gave <laughs> up the world plus for a 35-year-old guy who, right? Kevin Rant's 35, right? Yeah, he'll be 35 when the season starts. Yeah, for a 35-year-old guy who is who is guaranteed to spend at least a month on the sidelines every year. Yeah, you're 100% right. And that's the problem is, is you need to hope that whatever you need to tap into that's two years removed from him putting together a collection of games deep into the playoffs in 2021 where you were thinking, okay, he's arrived. He's taken the next step and – he doesn't give a shit that people are blaming, you know, Phoenix for not taking Luca. He's out playing certain guys deep into the playoffs. And then game three or four of that series happened and everything changed. And he hasn't been the same since. Um, 
the Monty Williams dynamic has been weird. It's been tenuous. I I can't believe that they tried to run it back this year. But I think it's the change of scenery, man. There's too many change of scenery, guys. You mentioned Poole. He needs to get out. Randall, your boy, might need to get out. I think Aiton is front and center on that list. I don't think he can succeed in in uh, Phoenix, especially when you're going to have the demands of a Kevin Durant, if, where if you're not giving 100% effort, he's going to let you fucking have it. Yeah, I, I think this season, this offseason is going to be a weird offseason. I don't think it's going to be exciting in the sense that teams are getting better and, and teams that need to rebuild are rebuilding. I just think it's going to be weird. Just a lot of just a lot of players where it's like, oh, okay, he's on that team now. He changed teams. To, but it's just going to feel empty because it's just players changing laundry and they and, and those teams didn't get any better. Right. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of players who are traded for one another where the names, it's like in 2K, it sounds more exciting than it is, where it's like, oh, and this is only something I've read that scouts considered a possibility. Do I think it'll happen? No, but it's like, Oh, Ben Simmons for John Collins. Ooh, does does anybody really get excited about that? It's more like, okay, thank God, my problem's finally gone and your problem's finally gone. And I'll tell you what, I'd be excited as a Nets fan. I would be yeah, over would the too. fucking moon, at least, because at the very least, at least he plays. Well, that, I mean, anything's enough. Collins has, his, Collins has his flaws, don't get me wrong, but at least he fucking puts sneakers on and shorts and a jersey and he plays. Well, that's, that's really the only thing with Simmons. But, you know, could you do, like, shit, could you do a Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton sign-in trade for Kyrie Irving? Dallas? Like, that solves some Dallas problems. Maybe. Uh, Durant gets Kyrie back, and now you're just going <laughs> to treat. We got Booker, Irving, and Durant. But How much are, are they paying the team therapist? Because uh, <laughs> they better get the best one uh, that's ever lived. Right. No, I, mean, I agree. Geez. I'm just saying it's like you're going to see trades like that. Like, Jordan Dude, if that happened, my head would explode. I hope I hope that was – you were kidding with that. That that would be nuts. Well, I'm saying like if you want excitement, that's going to be the level of excitement that would happen. Yeah. But again, I don't think that changes either of those teams' situations for the better. No. They're just different names. I would like uh, to see Luka with Aiton though. That could be a lot of fun. And you got the storylines from the 2018 draft. And maybe at this point, Chris Paul would play very well, complimenting Luka. Um, another trade would be like a Jordan Poole for a DeAndre Ayton. Like, do both teams just be like, ah, fuck it. We need a center, Golden State. And Phoenix is like, we could use another dynamic scorer who could come off the bench or could play with Durant and, and Booker. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, if that happens, I would love to fleece them of everything they have for Mitchell Robinson, but they don't have anything. They don't have anything. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. They, they literally have nothing, and I don't know how – that's where my original point was. We looked at the Nets last year, and it's like, well, you've got Ben Simmons, who we haven't seen play a minute. Uh, you got Kyrie, who's going to do Kyrie things, and you've got an older Durant coming off a sweep. It just feels stale. Well, that's, There's not a lot of moves you can make around the in, around the, the fringes. I mean, they've crippled their franchise. I mean, at least with the Warriors, you could say, yeah, they're a bit crippled, but they're coming off fucking four titles in how many years and how many And they're crippled, but they can do things, though. Yeah, but the Suns can't. It's just like it, that new owner syndrome is hilarious because it it's, it's so 
it's so taxing because it's like, okay, you have Booker and Durant. Well, Durant could get hurt and and never be the same again because he's already 35 with this many miles on him. Booker gets unhappy, asks for a trade, and then you're fucking dwindling out in the wind again. And you got nothing. How did that work? So we're talking about this on the pod, right? There's a lot of people in plugged in who are talking about this after the game six loss. I need to ask you, is the, are the picks that the Nets hold from Phoenix, the four future unprotected first plus the swap, are those considered gold heading into the trade market this year? I'd have to think so. I, I'd have to think you guys could fetch something special with that if you wanted to go out and do it or hold on to a few of them and see how they play out. That's the interesting thing. Because I wonder if a team who, like a, like a, I don't know, Portland could be like, yeah, three years from now, Phoenix is going to fucking suck. And if we get one or two of those picks, we're, we're picking the top three or four. Yep. Just a thought. I agree. And Dane Lillard would look pretty good in Brooklyn. He would look great. Um, and I think, too, is, you know, not to mention the pick that the Nets have from Dallas, but also the Knicks-Dallas picks. It's like, ooh, Dallas could be in for a really rough go of it, too. Yeah. I mean... Eventually, one of these foreign players is going to ask out, and it might be Luca. If you were to bet right now, who asks out first, Luca, Giannis, or Embiid? <laughs> mm. I think it's Embiid. This think, summer or next? I think next summer. It depends on obviously what happens, but we've already basically predicted that the Sixers, it's going to be a down year for them and it's going to be pretty dreary. I think it's Embiid because I just think that the Dallas Mavericks have proven that there's really nothing the Sixers can do because they've already done everything they can do. They don't have the assets. The Mavericks still have a little something left and they will do anything to keep Luka happy. I mean, I think Cuban would, would give Luka his house if he could. To keep him happy. Um, and then I just think Giannis, it's just like he's already won a title there. And the guy was fucking homeless in Greece and this team took a chance in him. I just think there's just a different level of loyalty there. I agree with you on the Giannis part because it also came out that him and Budenholzer were not very close. Uh, and they fired him. So I'm sure whomever they bring in next is going to be you know, Giannis's top pick. Um, to me, it's Luka. You know, I agree with you about what Dallas has done trying to do everything they can to keep him, but that might be their downfall because uh, they might hitch their wagon to giving Kyrie Irving the max. And one more year with him could be like, nope, I'm fucking out. Yeah. I, I, you, you totally could be right. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think, but sometimes you give these guys the moon and the stars and they don't give a shit. Look at AD. I, I, I think you look at KD. You look at everybody. True. You, you look at all these stars. I mean, Harden. What more could Houston have possibly done for Harden? Ah, Harden. Harden's proven that his best. He is best suited, given the five minutes that he played for the Nets, and when he played in OKC, he's he was best as a, as a third banana when it came to the playoffs. I know he was an MVP and whatnot in the regular season, but he's best as a third guy when it comes to you know winning time. No doubt about it. Um, Unfortunately, we can't end the NBA here because we have more stupidity. And listen, we talked about it the first time, and I think we did a good job. But we got to talk about John Morant again, man. I mean, did, for now, the love of God, 
I didn't see this news until you put it on our notes. So I guess Are you I just serious? Oh, good for you. Is that good for me? <laughs> I think it is because that means that you were enjoying time with the family and the mothers. Yeah, I I did not pay much attention to anything except I peeked at a little PGA, but aside from that, um now I have to ask you, I guess, because you're my reporter in this situation. Did he do it again, or is this just re like is this just re upping what happened before? No, he did it again. Oh uh, my another, fucking god! Are you IG serious? Live, he's, he's in the, he's in a truck or in a jeep with one of his boys, uh, and yeah, I do live, and he shows the gun, and then he did or his boys did. No, he did. Like he was holding it. What the. Listen, say what you want about Kevin Durant for being stupid and for I'm hitching not, his wagon I'm not to Kyrie. blemishing any of this. Like, all of this is true. Say what you want about KD or any of these other players, even Kyrie Irving for being stupid. This is all-time fucking stupid. Like, you're, you're John Morant, you're a fucking idiot. He's That's a fucking it. idiot. I mean, honestly, if the Grizzlies have a good insurance policy against him and or if they have a good i don't know if this is written into a contract i would fucking cut him yep like this well, is this is bad dude they might get lucky uh because shams and Woj have both reported that the nba is looking at a serious and lengthy suspension now the memphis grizzlies have already suspended him from team uh activities or whatever now they're obviously eliminated but he can't go to the facility and work out he can't do anything affiliated with the grizzlies um, the speculation is that they're going to suspend the NBA is going to suspend him for all of the 2023, 2024 season. Not that's not written in stone yet, but it sounds Good. like that's the direction it's going. So, so fucking dumb. And I hope he gets suspended without pay. Oh yeah, he would be no doubt. Not even for the, for the terribleness of it or whatever, having a gun that's Lord knows if it's, fucking legal or whatever it's more just you're this stupid you deserve to lose that money i don't know what the fuck has happened with him he wasn't he wasn't like this there was never a rumbling from him out of the draft um i mean his father like they had his dad interviewed during the draft his dad's at all the games it's you know I, i just don't get it it's like all of a sudden this past season you just decided to like become this guy that's evidently what has happened and there's been rumors and discussions about him having an alcohol substance abuse problem. Um, you know, it sucks because I always love to give dudes, especially young guys in the league credit. I could never, I mean, he was the next dude, bro. Like there was, he was squeaky clean, no problems with him. I mean, Nike doesn't give out shoe deals to nobody. I, I mean, like he, he got a shoe deal. He was going to be the next face of Nike. He was going to be the next face of like American players in the NBA. You got to think about Nike real fast too, right? It's like they had everything with Kyrie do. and it's like, oh, you posted an anti-Semitic video. We don't want that. Thank God we have Ja. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. At least they have the movie Air that's come out that's done really well. Um, yeah, I wanted to see that, but then I did I want to see it. I want to see it too. But I was going to say, I could never put myself in the position or truly understand what these athletes who are coming in in their young 20s uh, with all the money and all the fame and all the ability are are dealing with and how you can compartmentalize and handle all that success both financially and with the fame and I, I'm just watching this guy on I'm like I I saw the interview he did with uh, 
fuck, who was it? Uh, Jalen Rose. Rose. And I'm like, this guy seems contrite. He seems like he is sorry. He's going to learn from it. He's a young guy, probably just had a bad night, did something stupid. Let's hope we never have to talk about this again. And uh, we're good because his reputation shows that he's good. Well, then after that, there was the strip club thing, which, hey, do whatever you want. I mean, that's fine. But then there's the the thing about his mom and and try pulling up on people at the mall and and then and then this is just the capper of it all i i really do hope that he gets suspended for the year without pay just uh, it's if that doesn't teach him then he needs to be i don't know excommunicated from the league or suspended indefinitely i don't know what how that works this shit never ends well and that's why when i say i hope i'm i hope he's suspended for the year it's not out of, yeah, punish the motherfucker. It's, this is the only way this guy's either going to get it or he's never going to get it. You can't do a slap on the wrist anymore. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. I'm I'm all time shocked. I thought there was going to be a new development from that old video. Like maybe the police brought up charges, which is why he's being resuspended. I cannot believe he did it again. He needs to find Brand some new. new friends too, by the way. Okay, I hear that all the time, and listen, there's certainly the holder-ons and the latcher-on, but he's not from a bad community. He's not from a bad area. He's a prep school kid, for fuck's sakes. Has a great relationship with his parents. He's not a thug kid. He's not from that scene, and if you hear, fuck what I have to say, I'm white kid from Rich Hill, Connecticut. But you hear Kendrick Perkins and Jalen Rose and all these guys go on rants about it. And they're the ones saying like, dude, this is not, this is the life you're trying to get out of. Why are you putting yourself in it? You were never in it in the first place. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to fuck with like real gangsters, like you're not, you don't, you don't have the fucking stuff. You're not that guy, pal. Exactly. So I hope he's good, man. But he's got his daughter, you know, it just, you hate to see tragic stories like this, but they often don't end well. And I hope after this, it's Adam Silver comes down and has a meeting with him and says, listen, I'm doing this for your own good. I know you're not going to understand that now, but we'll take care of any kind of rehabilitation process. If there is that going on, I'm not casting aspersions and saying that there is, but if there is, we'll take care of all of that, but we need you to go away. No social media, nothing like that. We can't have you as a representative of this league. Uh, around anymore, at least for the short term. It's a shame. And, and this just goes back to me, and I say it all the time, LeBron. I mean, the, the, the that kid came from the worst, toughest times, and the worst thing he's ever done in his entire career was the decision. Which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. I mean, just, it's it's sad. I'm done with it. Let's move on. We've, we're done with NBA. You've got the Nuggets and the Celtics going to the finals. I've got the Lakers and the Celtics in a classic finals matchup. Um, let's You've move on. You've got what the NBA really wants. Yep. <laughs> I've, that's what they're going to push for. Um, all right. Let's move on to some Yankees. Uh, Yankees split with the best team in baseball, so I guess that's good. Yeah, they did, and that was after a uh... – a three-game sweep of the A's, which is nothing to celebrate, but hey, we would have win the games in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the the it would be very bad, and and the MLB put out their power rankings today, and somehow the Yankees found their way back into the top ten. You know what's really funny is they played seven games with Tampa over the last two weeks, and they're three and four, which isn't bad, but they easily 
could be five and uh, they easily could be five or four and three in those games. I mean, yeah, uh, Judge just missed lost. putting one out. Yeah, and that was a game, you know, that they easily could have lost and we forget about the game from the week prior when they were up six nothing and, and blew that game. So they can hang with Tampa. Tampa is a relentless offense. There is no out in that lineup. They just continue to come at you in waves. But the Yankees' bats have been red fucking hot over the last couple weeks, and that's been nice to see. And it's even been from your Jake Bowers or your Willie Calhouns with big hits. Rizzo has been mashing. Judge back is great. Bader. So they've been getting contributions. Volpe's really woken up and been scorching the ball. That's why you play him, by the way. Yes, that's why you play him. Uh, That's why you don't dick around his playing time. So there's been encouraging things with the Yankees. Are they going to win this division? No. Um, but the encouraging thing I took from these series, man, is they can play with Tampa. And they didn't lay down. A couple of these games were they fought back, and especially on Saturday, that was a game they were down 6 nothing, and it was like, oh, fucking here we go. This game will end 8-1. to one, And um, there was none of that. They were good at bats, and there was fight with this team. And Really, it's the starting pitching that they need to hope to get back. But I will tell you this. It's with watching with very low expectations. They've been surprisingly enjoyable to watch of late, and they beat the Blue Jays tonight too. So Let's keep those expectations in. low and just They're enjoy They're going to be low. They're going to be low. But, hey, listen, with basketball kind of in the rear view now and not a game every night to look forward to, I'm going to need a little bit of, hey, Yanks, just do something for me here. And they've been playing well. They have. Who's? I saw Peralta's closing now. Who? Who the hell? Who do we got closing games out? They've been doing kind of a combo. They've been doing some Holmes. They've been doing some Peralta. Peralta, the big balls. Wandy had a couple major saves this past weekend. Yeah. And, uh, King has been getting some opportunity too. Yeah, we got Sevy coming back again. That's another thing that we're going to temper our expectations on. Try and keep the theme for the last couple of years going. Let's keep them tempered, but let's enjoy it while it's going on. We got a big series against Toronto. Big series, and we took the first tonight. And I think the Severino that's going to help so much because then you don't have to throw Schmidt out there, and Schmidt will help your bullpen. We all know he's a much better reliever than he is a starter. And you're, you're upgrading significantly in the rotation, and you're giving this bullpen that's been really throwing a lot of innings uh, a guy who's much more equipped in that role. Yeah, and I heard Frankie Montas is uh, selling hot dogs now. That sounds about right. <laughs> so that's good. Frankie's Franks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's in the bleachers. <laughs> he's blending right in. We haven't seen him pitch. Nobody knows who he is. Yep. Um, he's speaking these weird things. He's speaking in tongues about how he used to pitch for the A's and Yankees. We're just like, <laughs> just, just put some sauerkraut on there, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Just a little extra mustard, please. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the Crosstown rivals real quick? Oh, they've been awful. Yeah. I mean, they are two games under 500 and fourth place, basically tied with the Marlins. Um, I mean, this this division, it, we thought it was going to be a tough division, and it looks like, honestly, right now the Braves are just going to run away with it. I know they're only six games up, but I think they're going to just completely run away. The Mets are very lucky that the Braves got swept by the Blue Jays this past weekend because yeah. the Mets, I wrote in the notes, looked to take series in D.C. They did not. Uh, they, they got blanked again today in their makeup game from the rain. So... Uh, 
they went one and two in their series, uh, which is just horrendous. They're a bad, they're a bad team, man. I'm just yeah. gonna come straight out and say it. They can, and they can't hit. They can't do anything. Off no, the their pitching is old, and it's holding on by a shoestring. And they, again, I think we said it earlier on in the season. They just, they can't hit a lick. They really can't. And I don't know, man. Is is it at the point now where they they just either stand pat or they're sellers, or do you think Cohen is going to want to be a buyer and try and get some more bats in there? I don't know why they haven't made the decision to call up Vientos and uh, Mauricio yet. At this point, the season's getting away from you, man. I don't think they'll be sellers. They're just they can't be sellers with this team. They just can't. And again, with the third wild card team, and you're guaranteed a series, you know, best two of three, not a one game. I don't think oh, there's going to be many teams selling. But how much longer can you run out fucking Escobar and some of these other clowns? I mean, they just cannot hit at all. Yep, Volkbach. I mean, he's awful. Who's the catcher that they brought up last year? Alvarez. He's up. Well, they have the other one, too. Parada. I'm trying Who's... to remember. Well, they, they brought in Navarez, and he got hurt like the first week of the season. Tomas Nito. He's playing, but he's not very good. Well, Parada's a little far Gary behind. They Sanchez to a minor league deal. They haven't called him up yet. He's back in New York. Maybe he can hang out with some of his old Yankees buddies. I wonder if Greg Bird's still living in New York. He probably had to move out to Dutchess County. Maybe he ran out of his money. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't see why you're not bringing up guys like Mauricio. who's tearing the cover off the ball down in AAA. Again, at this point, what do you have to lose? So what if they suck? I mean, it's some of these guys that they're, they've hitched their wagons to, it's like you are not – you don't have to have allegiance to them. This is not David Wright who's struggling to get ready – in pregame for because of his back. Like this is Eduardo Escobar here, man. Marcana sucks. Yeah, no, it's literally Lindor and Alonso who are not playing amazing either. And you can't blame them because they're not getting a lot of pitches to hit. Why would you pitch to them? No, because everybody else around them is just ice cold. So are you writing them off? No, I, I agree. I think Cohen's, I think Cohen's got big balls. Well, that we know, and he's got a big wallet too. But I, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Billy Epworth's done a really abysmal job as GM. Yeah, we could see a firing, a quick trigger firing here. A lot Just of because, his moves have not panned out. I mean, we said it earlier on in the year. I thought that I, I initially thought they got better, and then you talked me off the ledge and basically said I think they just, you know, pretty much stayed even, and now it's at the point where. Scherzer's so old, and and Verlander is old as well. It's just like I don't, I don't even think they got better. They they got their moves. They got worse. Well, and the and the worst part for them is obviously the Diaz injury. We knew would suck, but it's really short in their bullpen. And again, above all, Scherzer and Verlander can pitch well. You're losing a lot of games three to one. Yep. Yeah. No. And you're getting three hits in a game. I mean, that's just. Just bad news. Tom, they lost a series to the Rockies. They got swept by the Tigers and then just lost two of three to the goddamn Nationals. I know. It's bleak, man. It's really bad. Now, there's nothing good to say. I'm not claiming this Mets team. These are not my Mets. <laughs> no. Um, I figure next week is uh, 
or we'll do one more little check-in, and then in two weeks from now, uh, right before the finals, it'll it's Memorial Day, so we should do a nice league-wide check-in uh, in the MLB. Yeah, things are slowing down. I agree with you. I'd love to have you on the pod more this week, but unfortunately, you're going to be a busy man, possibly a drunk I know. man. Listen, man, I uh, I would love to I would love to chop it up and talk PGA with you, but. You're, unless you want to have me on uh, in a very altered state, you know, if there's drunk house on uh, the Simmons pod. Sometimes you might be getting drunk, Sean, on a couple of these. Might have to. Although if I call you to talk PGA, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. I don't know what's going on, but I just want to say hey." <laughs> well, you now you're making me sound like I'm, you know, certain like like I'm incapable of. For I'll, I'll, I could be drunk and know what's going on. Um, well, I'm just saying PGA if if you're if you're over here dialed into the PGA, you're not having a good time at the bachelor party. It's okay. Oh, I'll be having a good time. Listen, I'm not going to say I'm dialed in and I'm watching. The As CEO of this feeds. pod, I'm I'm going to give you permission to miss one here. That's <laughs> because of CEO CEO of this pod. You don't want people to hear me on one bad night and be like, "Yep, well, the podcast was a lot of fun. We got a little over 300 episodes in, and Sean ruined it." Well, listen, I mean. The, you probably could make your picks drunk and still be able to beat me because you fucking somehow, <laughs> somehow after the AT and T this week you were able to to sk- skate by and and get one from me here with picking Jason Day. For some reason you like picking players that peaked in two thousand and seven between Jason Day and Adam Scott and it's been fucking working out for you all year. It's killing me. Well, th- I blame you because. I've been watching more golf and the more tournaments I've watched and I've seen them kind of hanging around and in contention, even in some of these non-elevated events, I'm just storing them away or else because you have a leg up on me with your knowledge. I'd be picking like four out of the same eight players every week. Yeah. Which is kind of what I might start doing. But um, yeah, Jason <laughs> day, like we said, went out and got the dub uh, looked amazing. Um, just striking the ball. Amazing. And, Putted really well. He's had an amazing, amazing. That's my word, I guess. Thinking about yeah, the Mets, yeah, like three times. He's had a great year. Um, and and I wouldn't be shocked if you had him in your in your foursome for the for the PGA um, title. Now let's go down the list here. I told you not to pick Harry Hayes, which is what screwed you from from just doing a clean, from doing a clean sweep on me because I ended up beating you by the skin of my balls. Actually, um, <laughs> you had Jason Day who finished obviously first, Adam Scott who finished eighth, Terrell Hatton who finished fifth. Would have been an all-time lineup for you, but you had Harry Higgs who finished eighty fourth. He missed the cut. The cut line was eighty three. I had Scotty Scheffler, who finished 5th, K.H. Lee, who finished 50th, Spawn, who finished 27th, and I had Hatton as well at 5th. The math on that one, you finished in 24.5th place. I finished 21.75th place. So you got a win this You got a point this week because in your foursome you had a winner. It yep. wasn't your designated winner. You had Hatton. I had Scotty. And I got to win this week because I beat you in points. So we are knotted up at six. You really made me fucking work hard for that win, and I barely got it. Well, congrats. Um, however you win, a win is a win. A win is a win is a win. I don't really have much else to say about the Byron Nelson. Um, it was Mother's Day weekend. I was busy. Didn't see much of it. I guess they're not much of a golf pod this week. Sorry, everybody. But 
although it is Michaela's birthday weekend, I will try and watch as much golf as I possibly can. I already mentioned to her that it is a major week. It is the PGA Championship being played at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. Uh, a d- diabolical course, from what I hear. Very tough. Um, Sean, I guess briefly we'll mention that Dustin Johnson won the Live Tournament. Is he going to be in your foursome? You know he is. Oh, okay. I'll pencil him in. He is. Uh, I had him in my Masters foursome, if you recall, because I figured he was the best equipped live player at that time to step up off of that pony league and play with the big boys, and he did not acquit himself very well in Augusta. But coming off a win in Tulsa in that live event, I think he's playing a little bit better. At least he has some momentum, uh, unlike last time. And I mean, I like Dustin Johnson in majors, man. What can I say? All right, why don't you give me the rest of your foursome? Your boy, Tony Finau. I have John Rahm, of course. And I also have Joaquin Neiman. I love Joaquin Neiman. Awesome pick by you. Who do you have winning it? Deliberated over this. Is there any world in which he can get the first two legs of the Grand Slam? (laughs) Yes, I'm taking John Rahm. The NLU so-called dub buoy, uh, I'm taking him. I, I think he's just – it's not only because of what he did at Augusta. He just – every single time he got this guy tees off, he's just a fucking killer right now. And I think – I don't think there's a single course that can hold him with the way he's playing right now. So you've got John Rahm winning the first two legs of the Grand Slam, huh? I do. All right. Well, because then- with all the other names I could have picked, man – I just I wouldn't have felt as comfortable or as happy with that pick as I am with Rob. Well, I can tell you I feel very comfortable with that as well because he is my designated winner on top. So let's fucking go. If if he wins, we will both be awarded three points. I have John Rom, I have Max Homa, I have Scotty Scheffler, and I have drum roll, fake drum roll because we're not a corny pod, but whatever, please. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I got to put I my fucking it. boy in there. I, I'm rooting hard for him. Um, it's a tough course. Brooks seems, I mean, he did it at Kiowa against Phil on one leg. He seems to do really well at tough courses. And I'm just hoping, listen, Brooks got four majors real quick, and then he started to stumble. stumble. I'm just hoping he doesn't continue this because if he plays bad on Sunday with the lead or whatever again, people are going to be saying Brooks chokes, and I don't want to hear that from my boy. No, um, you got to feel good about him after what he did in Augusta right now. Will you feel good about the possible attire that he will be sporting in this tournament and hopefully no repeats of the piss yellow from last time? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Brooks, Brooks seems to be a very prideful man, so I don't really know why he just lets Nike go out there and say, we're going to dress you. I mean, he's he's basically a clown without a red nose out there. I hate to say it, Brooks. <laughs> You're welcome on the pod to defend yourself, but I mean, thank God for Victor Hovland, right? Yeah, thank God for Victor Hovland. <laughs> we'll be I keeping got. our eyes on that too. I'll be sending you pictures to see. Yeah, please do. I'll have my app up. I will be following the leaderboard, of course. But yeah, out of our out of our usual to... suspects, who do you think has the worst outfit? I don't think Poulter can play in this tournament. <laughs> no, he can't. Um, because I looked at the whole. Uh, 
the whole field. Ricky Fowler, by the way, shout out to him for being top 50. I think he's in it. There you go. Yeah, you're right. I, I think I did see his name in there. Um, well, I'm just going off of what we saw <laughs> in the Masters. Victor Hovland step on down, and I would also like to see Morikawa be a little bit better with some of the Adidas bullshit that they've put him in. I'm not a big fan, obviously. As you well, recall. he took him to the woodshed, and then it seems like he he ignored his own words. Well, I, I need to see a better performance than uh, than some of the nonsense he had. I forget about the other guy that I had who had that really terrible, uh, the really terrible kind of like the rain, the rain pullover. Oh, you're talking about Hovland? No, no. Um, oh, no. You know who it was? It was Justin Rose that he wore back in Augusta where I was shitting on him for for that. I forget exactly what it was, but I remember it being bad. I mean, yeah, these guys out here with all these major sponsors, and then you got the kid that plays at um, who's the low am this year? He he had to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy clothes. Oh, uh, what's his name from A and M? Yeah, he had to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy clothes, and he still looked better than them. No doubt. Um, who's your guy? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm 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 just gonna stick. I'm just gonna play the hits. It's gonna be Hovland. That Jay Lindenberg is just an all-time brutal brand. I mean, even their logo, would they do it across when their back is turned to you? It's a JL on the back. I saw some guy wearing that on the course today, uh, but not today. Um, I think I played played an emergency nine Sunday evening. Regrettable decision because I had played eighteen Sunday morning, um, and I lost twenty dollars off my cousin. And I told him you took advantage of an old man. Because I was did. beaten. Well, he's fucking seventeen, and he carries the ball three thirty. I mean, I beat his ass every time because he can't chip or putt. But I didn't have it that day, and I lost twenty so bucks. He was on trying him. to take advantage of you in a diminished, uh, a diminished, diminished state. Yeah, yeah, I'd already played a full eighteen. That's ageist bullshit, right there. I don't. He like was it. like, he was like, he's he just finished. Uh, he's gonna finish high school in like a week. He had played a baseball game that day, and I was like, you're talking to somebody who played baseball before. You played fucking right field, dude. You did you did a lot of standing around. If I had a stopwatch on the amount of time that you put effort in, it probably wouldn't even hit four minutes. I love how cocky these kids are. <laughs> Fucking yeah. walking on water. Like, give me a break. Yeah, okay. And that's what I love about the younger kids like this, where they tell me how it is. And it's like every single thing that you've done in your life because you are a white man that was born in fucking America, I've done already. So I know how hard high school is. I did it. I graduated. Barely, but I did. High school? How did you do it? <laughs> really shocking. Yeah, right? But... Um, it's going to be an exciting PGA. Now, I, I don't know if you said you looked at the full list. You go through this pretty thoroughly. Is Tiger playing? No. Okay. Well, there's some more news from Tiger. Uh, I think he's getting remarried to his ex-wife. What? Yeah, this is what is I'm he's seeing. He's still settling that lawsuit, right, with his girlfriend over the non oh, the hell it She's nobody. She's not wifey material. <laughs> well, obviously, Tiger didn't think so. I I I saw somewhere that I don't know. I I think he's trying to remarry his ex-wife. I, I I swear I saw that somewhere from a reputable source. I didn't get you know blue checked like you did. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, yes, Fox Sports. That's one. Um, Tiger Woods wants to remarry ex-wife Ellen. Elin, Elin, Nordegren. 
Yeah, Elin is the name. I mean, listen, let me tell you something about marriages. I'm about to get in one. It's a two-way street. Now, Both parties say, have to agree. Now, I will say that some of these dates are a bit different. So, I'm just going to run through these. On uh, golfmagic.com, this is this headline is from November 2nd, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Sportskedia, whatever the fuck that is, Tiger Woods, congr- uh, that's December 20th, 2022, so right before our last Christmas, and then <laughs> first one on Fox Sports, November 30th, 2022. So listen, the holidays were around, this is in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, he was probably in his feelings, knowing that this girlfriend of his was not working out, and he had to make sure he kept her quiet, he was paying a lot of money to do so, um, you know try to rekindle some old flames i could appreciate that <laughs> i could too man i mean the guys the guy's not a robot you know people get sentimental during those time that time of year yeah i mean the guy i don't know maybe he's maybe he's in recovery sex addiction is an addiction sean nonetheless listen man i've heard that's uh there's a lot of different addictions out there yeah exactly so let's Couldn't keep it in his pants for a very good marriage and you know the golf community still loves him, but questionable decisions. We love him for his golf. That's all. hundred uh, percent. No yeah, doubt. I mean, come on. Um, John F. Question. Kennedy is an idol of mine. <laughs> I'd like that cut, please. Uh, <laughs> and I'm asking you because you're the one that does the editing. Um, uh, ask you about Jordan Spieth's wrist. So he didn't play in this past event, even though it was in his kind of, kind of in his backyard in McKinney, but it's a non-elevated event. He's been playing a lot of golf. Um, are you concerned about that injury at all? Do you think yeah, he's going to linger? Yeah, I, I am. And, and, you know, I was really hoping Jordan Spieth would be able to come complete the career grand slam. Cause I think he's a PGA championship short of it. Uh, and I kept him as well as the reigning champ, Defending champ Justin Thomas off of my card, both due to lingering injuries. I was a little surprised neither of us took Scheffler. I was really thinking about it, but I had a firm I took him. You would. Oh, you did take him. Yeah, okay. Scotty's in my foursome. He's not my winner, but he is in my foursome. I just think okay. because you know what? I'm starting to get a feel for this game, and it's just like, listen, like stop trying to pick guys where you think are going to have a hot week and win it, and just pick the guys that you know are going to be top 20. And it's just like I, there is no way in hell Scotty doesn't finish in the top 20. Yeah, even this past weekend, I mean, he was right, right in that conversation. Yeah, fifth place. Right. Yeah, no, that's how you're going to win this. I shouldn't be giving you tips, but that's how we're going to whoever's going to win is going to win this tournament is by picking guys that you know are going to find their way into the top 20 every week. It's tougher in your AT&T Byron Nelsons cuz the field is so short. That's where you got to pull shit out of a hat. That's where you're picking your JJ Spawns and your Harry Higgs and whatnot. But the big tournaments go with the big boys cuz you know they're going to stick around right there. Well, and I went out with, you know, two live players here uh, with DJ and Joaquin. And- uh, Neiman, I love that pick. I fucking love that pick. I, I, I really like Joaquin Neiman. I hope he, I hope the PGA lets him come back. Yeah, I know you do. He would, because he, he doesn't fit under that category of the other live players. You want to see him have an established career on tour. Absolutely. All right. That's enough. That's enough about the sports world. Let's talk about this bachelor party. Are you dialed in? Have you started to pack? When do you fly out? All that's where are you flying into? All that good stuff. I'm sure you brought it up I already. Could, I could send you my itinerary. You're more than welcome for it. Um, hey, listen, if I wasn't busy this weekend with my fiance's birthday, I might I might have made a trip up. Yeah. Well, you know, with all the fucking 
characters that'll be there. You would have just blended right in. And shit, I may not even have noticed you unless you said hi. But um, that hurts. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, <laughs> literally, because there's 15 kids up there. I can't call them kids. They're kids to me because it's my younger brother. But, yeah. Um, but no, dude, it, I am dialed in. Um, the last details and bits of the itinerary have been taken care of. Well, you're of in charge. I know. Uh, but the good thing with my brother, like my brother and I are very close, but we're not very similar, like in terms of interests or just like we didn't grow up having like the most like in common stuff. Right. So it's like my best friend is somebody who in some ways is kind of like a brother and one of his best friends uh, is kind of like a brother to him, too, where it's like, you know, they talk a little bit more frequently and whatnot. So even though I'm the best man. Uh, his, his best friend, Dave, uh, has helped me out with some planning and has also talked to Connor about certain things that he wants to do. But I got to be honest with you, my brother's made it really easy on me. He doesn't really want to do a whole lot. He works hard. He's in construction and he does a lot of projects. So he's like, I'm really just looking forward to chilling for a weekend. So we've got the, we've got the Verbo. We check in at four on Thursday. I leave Austin 6 a.m. that morning. Uh, get into Kennedy at 10:45 Eastern. He's going to pick me up and then, uh, we're going to grab a meal together, kind of just hang out a little bit and then check into the place. A couple of his friends are going to meet us that night. And then the rest of the crew will filter in Friday because a lot of them live relatively locally. So really the only main activities slash events that we have is going to be, um, going out for dinner on on friday night and then we're doing paintball on saturday morning and then the rest of the time we're just going to grill just play some lawn games the weather looks good for right now so i'm keeping my fingers crossed for that and then just hanging by the pool and lake and just hanging out man it's really it that's good i i don't think my bachelor party is going to be like that but that is good well it's funny because my brother he's like he was a crazy kid for years like he's done a lot of debaucherous shit so he sounds he's like, like me <laughs> yeah he's like listen I, i've done all that crazy stuff yeah uh and some of his friends are pretty like crazy too so it's like he went to a bachelor party he did vegas last year he did uh some other stuff so he's like for for him he's just like i i just want to have a chill weekend with some of his friends live out in like utah and colorado and he's like just want to have everybody together and let's just get drunk and hang out and play games and just and just chill somewhere that's you know not home so it's like sounds great man whatever you want that's good it'll be a tame weekend i mean for me my bachelor party is just hopefully one day at the waste management and then just golf right. golf 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 the entire time um but yeah i mean will will there be you know some other activities will there be you know, some drugs or what are we doing here? Whoa, whoa, we're on the mics right now, my That's friend. all right. Listen, nobody's I'm not I'm not saying what kind of drugs. I could be talking about, you know, Tylenol. Yeah, I'm sure everybody knows <laughs> that's what you meant. Um I'm sure there's gonna be some stuff going on, but you know how I roll. Uh, I don't partake in such things. But Yeah, you're like Bill Clinton. You never held <laughs> <I'm Bill Clinton. laughs> Listen, I have uh, I have my vices, but a lot of that shit ain't ain't any of them. Um, honestly, I'm looking forward to it because of how big his crew is. Like I said, there's gonna be like 15 people, so there's gonna be times where I'm like, all right, I'm shot. I'm going to take a nap, and everybody else, you guys can keep drinking. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, 
I used to, and this is like a relatively new thing. If you got me on the right weekend, right day, I could get like start drinking around noon and keep going for a very extended period of time. If I start around noon now, if I make it to you're asleep by seven. Yeah, it's like I'm either taking a very long nap and then I wake up as if I'm just completely disoriented. You might as well just put me back to bed or I am crashing for good at like seven. Um, So, you know, I I know my strengths and weaknesses now, so there won't be much of that for me. Plus, the Airbnb is under my name. So, yeah, no, I hear that. Yeah, I got a big bachelor party coming up in September, I want to say. We're going to New Orleans. That's oh, yes. going to be an absolute shit show because the crew we're going with, it's all these FDNY guys. It's oh, like yeah. 20, 30, 25, 30 of them. And I told my boy, I was like, why are you inviting so many guys? This is going to be a disaster. So I will. I already told my close friends, I was like, listen, I might bring the clubs down and you may not hear from me. You guys are welcome to come. But, yeah, when it's that big of a group, like, how do you even know if, like, somebody left You could just veer off. Just make sure you're there for the big dinner or whatever your yeah. get-together is where everybody talks whatever, and then the rest of it is a free-for-all. I mean, these guys, I told them it's a risk. I mean, some of these guys, it's like, I you're you're a public servant. I know how much money you make, but you can't afford to pay the $150 up front <laughs> for half of the Airbnb. Like, come on. Some of these I guys are talking about taking a bus down to New Orleans. It's like... Where do you spend your money, man? <laughs> if you're taking a Greyhound down to a bachelor <laughs> party, you you just shouldn't be allowed to go. Yeah, no, it's like, it's you're, crazy. You're, you're banned, and and I've dealt with some of that with Connor's friends too, because some of them, like I really don't know a lot of his like. I That's know his why groomsmen. it sucks to be the guy putting it together. It does, man. Like I know his groomsmen, and a couple of them are like really good dudes. And I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I don't have to worry about them. They're helping out. Like it'll be actually very nice to see them. I probably haven't seen any of these guys in like seven or eight years. But some of the rest of the crew, I'm like, do I really have to hound you to pay me? Like I booked this place in February. Like, yep. I've sent out how many group me like. Basically, without going out like somebody from the Salvation Army, like, can you give me my fucking money, please? Because you got to break their kneecaps. It's a lot. And I'm thinking about putting out some violence. I don't want to do it. Oh, no. Well, call me up I, if you need if you need help. I'll be up there. I don't want to do it. But I'll tell I'm Michaela not, this is important. And you got, you I'm know. not. Listen, you know me. When it comes to the principle of things, I'm not taking any shit. Never have, never will. So if these guys think that they're having, there's only two of them. If they think they're coming up there. You want to say names? No, I don't want to say names. <laughs> uh, I'll say names if, you know, there's a confrontation. But, no, they better pay up and uh, I expect them to because I'm going to make their entire weekend a living hell if they don't. Oof, good luck to them. I mean, shit. I'm just going to tell you this. Go in there with a positive attitude and, and, oh, and maybe one. you'll be I'm... pleasantly surprised. Here's the thing, man. At the end of the day, everybody loves my brother. Everyone's excited for him. Everyone's Congratulations to him, to by the him. way. Thank you. And uh, he's really excited. And he he's a very low-maintenance guy, so he doesn't request a lot. So I think once everybody's up there and hanging out and just, you know, recalling old memories and all that shit, I think everybody's going to be in a good mood, especially if the weather's nice and we can just kind of kick it outside for a while. So, um and if listen, if a, a couple, time, that's all that matters. If a couple, first of all, most I'm assuming the guys that haven't paid you probably live within a drivable distance. 
right? Uh, yes. So they're not paying for plane tickets. So I'm gonna if three three hundred and fifty dollars, whatever it is, breaks the bank, you shouldn't be going. You shouldn't have said that you could go then. Well, that's my piece, and I I understand too. Is like I've done I've been to a lot of bachelor parties in the last several years, obviously because it's you know most of these people I know like you're getting married and it's that time in life, but. I've never gone like last year. I, before I came out to Connecticut and saw your lovely face and a bunch of people <laughs> I hadn't seen in a while, I had to not go to my good buddy Rob's bachelor party out in, um, out in Colorado. And I was bummed cause I've never been out there and I was really looking forward to it, but I'm like, it's a financial decision. I, I can't swing this right now. And I didn't go. And because I didn't want to be, budgeting like it's my first time I ever got paid and worry about repercussions. You just got to make adult mature decisions sometimes. And, you know, Connor's friends are still in that 27 to 28 range. Most of them where it's like, sometimes you're doing this for the first time. And listen, if you're making a commitment, you better pay up. I don't care how much debt you're going in. You made the decision. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just can't wrap my brain around it. Maybe I'm a 28 year old at a different point in my life, but you know, if $300 is going to break my bank, then I'm not doing something right. Totally agree, man. But I think it'll all be good. And again, I'm I'm just happy for my brother, and he deserves a great weekend. And you're gonna have fun. You're gonna have good weather. Oh yeah, get in the lake. Are you renting a boat? Uh, not renting a boat. Just we weren't sure about the weather and all that. And there's plenty where we could just do like at the house. So for sure, yeah, man. Just just have a good time. That's all you got to do. It'll be fun, man. So you got Michaela's birthday. Have you? Have you? come up with any grand plans for what you guys are going to do i don't think she's going to appreciate you saying well i got the pga to dial into all day today (laughs) well let's see friday night's her birthday uh i am dog sitting this weekend because my mom as well as my aunt who lives literally the next house next to us are going up to my cousin's graduation so i uh, it's kind of a tough tough spot to be in because i got a dog sit so i got to bounce back and forth between michaela and these two lovely dogs but i'll, I'll figure it out close that's that's very convenient yeah at least they're right next door to each other but i mean I, uh friday i mean i got her gifts out of the way but or two of them i might get a third i haven't decided how it depends on how how good she is <laughs> but she's already got you what more could she ask of for? course that's what i should say um <laughs> i think we're gonna do a nice little dinner on friday and then her parents are i'll be there but her parents are and her sister are responsible for Saturday. They're doing something all day. I'm helping uh, my other ginger friend, Ryan, move. I don't know how he fucking wrote me into that Saturday morning. And then <laughs> Saturday night, um, we'll go out to dinner. The parents, that'll be the parents' dinner for her. And then Sunday, I don't know. I'll just do whatever she wants, I guess. Um, just got our Greenwich Beach passes. Maybe we'll take a little trip to the beach. Um, but, yeah, um, that that's pretty much the weekend. Fucking Ryan getting me to he books he he fucking i'm moving and then he books around a golf for after moving and i'm like i can't even go because i have to get ready for dinner so you're gonna tease me with that what a piece of shit yeah well, well we he, are so he'll you take good that. care of me yes you are he'll take good care of me last time i helped him move he paid like a couple hundred bucks for a dinner so good hopefully yeah he it's cheaper like than a, a mover. he seems like a good dude here's the thing we're we're soulless assholes, but we, we do live life off principle. We take care of the ones in our lives. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, listen, we've been we've been in this for like two hours now. You got to get to bed. I hope you're packing slowly but surely. 
That'll all be done. Have a safe flight. Thank don't, you. Don't do anything I wouldn't. Be safe. <laughs> and if, if and you have get... a wonderful and have a wonderful birthday weekend for Michaela. She yes. deserves the best. Happy birthday to Give Michaela. Her my best. And remember, if you get stuck somehow in New York, there's a bedroom waiting for you right around here. I appreciate that. I'd like nothing more than to wake up with soy's ass right in my face. <laughs> yes, I got to go tend to my cats right now. So everybody enjoy the week. Enjoy the PGA. And I don't know if I can swing it. Maybe I'll have Michaela on to talk about golf this week. I'm sure she'd like nothing more than that. Yep. All right, everybody. Take care.